Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, everyone, to a special Tuesday night podcast. The Islanders never say pod. Islanders never say die podcast, to be specific. And nice I'm job sure- messing it up right off the top. Good job. I know, Grump. I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm your host, TJ. And with me, and as always, is our NHL analyst and expert who seems to have technical difficulties, the grumpy old man. Grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and also we have Isles Girl 3 there. Kim uh- <laughs> I did not know that was happening. Okay. We had to, I, we didn't, had- I didn't dress up for the occasion. Damn. Don't you worry about it. It's a surprise a minute when the grumpy old man's around. That's all I have to say. I was about to You're say family now. Giving oh, laughter to Islander fans despite a pretty woeful night tonight. Let me tell you something when I went. Well, go ahead, introduce. Uh, I don't. Do you go by Isles Girl Three, like on the streets, or you know, is it Kim? Or how, I mean, hey, I feel like I, I feel like we're pals because I've seen you on television a hundred thousand times. Uh, Kim or Isles Girl Three, whatever floats your boat. Like okay. you can call me Kim. Say hi. Okay, well, you're part of the family now, so you know, uh, TJ, introduce her, give her all the stuff because I want to tell tell you what I went through tonight just to get ready for this podcast. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm very interested. Oh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Grump. How uh, long yeah. did that take you? <laughs> we'll get to that. I don't want. I, I, as I'm telling you, Grump, long-winded. Kim, I want you to go ahead and plug yourself. Kind of. I know you have your podcast, Kim in the Crease. Um, yeah, most famously, there that that moment there with Robin Leonard shared there. I think launched you there onto the scene where a lot of people are like, I know her. She's got the lipstick usually. She's got the backwards hat. Uh, very notable on the commercials. The the one of the little one um, of the faces there of Islander fan. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Minus the lipstick. Um, oh, good grumpy. You got to keep a hat on with that hair today, grumpy. I look like I got AJ hair. Oh, stop! Oh, bro, no. Oh. Um. Anyway, Kim, I want you to kind of promote yourself a little bit. What you do there, and kind of tell us a little bit more about Kim in the crease. Uh, Kim in the crease started uh, kind of just on a whim. I After games, really, I think it's how any podcast kind of starts. It's like after games, I just wanted to share, you know, what I was feeling about every game and just get, you know, get that energy out after the game, especially like games like these were, especially growing up with the Islanders, <laughs> every game was just a nightmare. So it's just getting that frustration out, talking about what I'd like to see better from this team. And like I started on Periscope and it just it's suddenly like I started to like have people actually show up and like listen to me. And I was shocked by that. 
I had really good friends of mine, Stevie Nicks. He invited me on his pod and him and Michael were like, yo, you gotta, you gotta start your own. You, you gotta do it. And honestly, it's not like, it's not as good as you guys. I mean, you guys are popping it and killing it over here, but um, I just, I do it for fun. And, you know, honestly, it's just my takes. It's my opinions. I, it's like, I just try to do my best to say what I think about the Islanders, what I think can be improved and what I hope to see from this team. So that's what Kim in the crease is. If you want to pop by, say hi, that'd be awesome. The one thing you're going to learn about the grumpy old man tonight is he is an Islander. He's, he's, he slurps on the Lou lemonade. Grumpy old man is a huge supporter. Anything the Islanders do, he will find a way to explain about how much he enjoys and loves whatever moves they make. Isn't that right, Grump? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna. I don't know. Like I said, you're gonna learn. You're gonna. You're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. It's gonna be fun tonight. Oh goodness. <laughs> Before we get into the ad, Grump, tell me what went into that. I mean, like again, your lipstick. It looks like you're not a professional. It looks like you haven't been applying lipstick. I mean, this looks like a first time job there for you, Grump. Tell me what went into this. This outfit you've got going on, how long did it take to prep? Uh, about three minutes. But, you know, I had it took me a while. You know, hey, I, here's the thing. I usually am not shopping in the lipstick section of stores. I don't know. And considering that I really don't go out to the store, that you know, it's even harder. So imagine trying to order lipstick online and trying to match up a color. And, you know, here's the thing. The, and then I'm like, okay, well, hey. I see Kim doing it. She uses the type of stuff that's paint on stuff. I'm like, okay, I'll try to get paint on stuff. And I got some orange. And my stuff, I guess, was tested on animals, I guess. I don't know. Uh, one of them says we don't test on animals. I mean, who tests lipstick on animals? I mean, I, I don't know where these animals are. I mean, what type of issues did they have? I don't know. But that said, I started putting it on, and the blue is just terrible. The blue is not the paint-on kind. It's just some kind of, you know, the old-fashioned lipstick. But I don't know how to put it on. So it looks like it looks. Like it looks. You know, what can I say? But I think it looks pretty good. So much. I did want to pay homage to Kim, Isles Girl 3, since she was going to be on the podcast tonight. And that's why I didn't uh, show my face earlier, because I wanted to get her natural reaction. Oh, yeah. You definitely got it. You definitely got it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Before we jump too much in talking Islanders news, because trust me, we will. We have an ad read from DraftKings. I'm going to do my best not to butcher it, but we know how those attempts go. Hey, hold on. Hold on. I'm taking bets. The bets are coming in. How long will it take for TJ to screw up the ad? Go First ahead. Half, bets we'll are in. Vegas has put the line down. Let's go. All righty, basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. And claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on last season. Fantasy. So now's the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now and download DraftKings app now. Use the code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in all the action and a free shot to win millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes. A minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for detail. Now, well, I'll say this much, ladies and gentlemen, and Grump and Kim. 
tonight's performance was woeful. It was woeful. Um, you know, we had three games against the, the Washington Capitals. We talked about it. It was going to be an important three-game stretch. The Islanders are a much better team with home ice advantage, and they're a much better team playing at the Coliseum. Uh, unfortunate to say, we go ahead and walk out of that three-game stretch against the Capitals with two losses in regulation and one overtime loss. Are you pretending you're Stephen Wonder over there? I mean, I'm holding up my, my magical pad for tonight's game. And you just – I didn't even have the tab open. I'm still on the tab for reading the ad. So I do apologize, Grump. I couldn't be distracted by you wearing the lipstick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've never I'm, seen you like this. I'm going to let our guest give her interpretation before, you know, I get a shot. Uh, my interpretation of this game tonight was just pure pain to watch. Uh, I mean, what did the Islanders do better than the Capitals? Nothing. The only thing you could say that came out of this game was Sorokin looked a lot better. He bounced back from his last game against the Capitals. But other than that, uh, the Caps just outplayed us. They outmanned us. Uh, Puck possession passing was superior to us. Everything they just did right. I'm surprised the game stayed one nothing at all. Um, But I don't know what's wrong with this team. The shakeup that Trotz did was not the shakeup we all wanted. It wasn't Bailey. Oh, Bailey. Uh, <laughs> Bailey on the first line, he had two opportunities that any other player would have sunk, and he still couldn't get that in. And I honestly think if Wallstrom was there, he could have put those in the net, honestly. Tim, I have to say something. Bailey's an elite winger. I don't know why you're talking <laughs> Josh Bailey. He's an elite level winger. He's an inconsistent elite level winger. He can either be on fire like he was against the Rangers where it was suddenly he's like, okay, I'm a Josh Bailey fan all of a sudden. Or 95% of the season where I'm like, where the hell is Josh Bailey? (laughs) That's where I'm going to disagree with you. He is consistent. He's consistently bad. The king of the secondary assist. And I'm going to give him. Here's the thing about the grumpy old man, Kim, that you do not realize. Even though I have my whipping boys, and believe you me, Josh Bailey is one of them. When they do something good, I make sure that I bring it up just to show that I'm fair because I'm uh, nothing else. I'm fair. A little bit, you know. Hey, I have my I have my preferences, but I'm fair. You Josh Bailey made a nice little subtle play today. He did a nice little body play. Uh, it's center ice, shielded a guy off and made a pass. Of course, it turned into nothing because it was Josh Bailey. But I looked at that and I said, "Gosh, you know what? He is such a smart player." I'm starting to buy in to what they tell me. He is so not productive, but smart. And then I saw him using an abacus in between periods. I mean, he's a smart guy. He just can't play hockey. And I just find it funny, right? We go with the first line. And you would think, okay, what's what did Barry say a few weeks ago, right? We don't want to put a whole bunch of skill on one line. Too easy to defend. We need to have a heavy presence out there. So that's why they've been putting lollipop on that first line, right? Okay, great. So now Lollipop is back where he belongs on the taxi squad. And who would you put up there? If you're trying to shake the lineup, Matt Barzell hasn't been going. Why? He's only got, you know, Jordan Eberle, who's not a great winger. Okay, let's be a streaky guy. Would you – why not give it a shot to Oliver Wallstrom, somebody who's not afraid to shoot the puck? Just give it a shot. Except he puts – Good old responsible Bailey. And when you're thinking about heaviness in front of the net, do you think Josh Bailey? What do you think he's a perimeter P? I'm just going to ask that question to the two of you. I've got I've got a question real quick. You you said that Josh Bailey broke out the abacus. 
Now, I want to know what type of equations he was doing there on the bench. I mean, like, was he trying to figure out how many goals the Islanders needed to score in order to tie or win the game? Because that's obviously one of the important facts, right? He was thinking how many mathematical equations he breaking out. I think he was trying to figure out how many goals it was going to take him to get to 50 for his career. Or was he counting how many games it's been since the last time he scored more than one power play goal is? He can't count that high with the abacus. I, that, those are definitely questions there for you. That's okay, another thing, though. I want to ask there for you. Why is Josh Bailey on that power play? Why is Josh Bailey on that power play? He spends 40 seconds holding the puck in the corner and going, hmm, no, no you're not open. Hold on. Do you, are you open? Nah. I, and I'm going to pass it right in the middle with his four capitals. <laughs> no, here's the reason why. He likes to pleasure himself in the corners with the puck. That's what it is. Nice little pass, him and Letty. I, I think the last, you know, you look at you look at it, it's like, okay, we're going to go the last two minutes. We're going to, and you, who do you have out there? You got Bailey, Letty, and who's the other, the, the, the pass-only gang. It's like, we need guys who can shoot the puck. I did shoot the puck today after a brilliant shot from Matt Barzal, right? He did, he did shoot the puck. I give him credit. I do have a question. This is about as good as an offensive lineup. I really think we could put out there on the ice right now, depending on you know injuries that we have. This lineup we saw tonight, minus maybe a tweak with a bellows, is about as highly potent of an offensive lineup and forward group we could put out there on the ice. It really is, right? Oliver Wallstrom inserted back in the lineup, rightfully so. What other adjustment can you make for a team like this besides maybe, okay, removing Zajac in some capacity and putting – Bellowson, if you're trying to generate more offense, we really don't have any other type of options. And I guess it stems into another question for you guys. Uh, Kim, I'll ask you first because I know Grump's answer, and I can't wait to hear it. You know, again, but again, where where is the where is the worry level for you? Are you worried yet? We lose three games in a row there to the Capitals, a team that we very well could see in the first round of the playoffs. I agree. You know, like you said, like this is the right people we should put in, you know, besides I'd love to see Bellows in too. But it's not the right lines. It's not the right people to put together. If you, we have the right firepower, but you have to put that, you know, you have to put the gun parts correctly for it to shoot. Like, that's the best way I can put it. You, I have two, like, separate options, two uh, ideas for that Everly-Barzell line. Wallstrom, of course, everyone wants to see that. Everyone wants to see what Barzell and Wally can do together. And if you want like a kind of Anders Lee type player, because that was working. I mean, Anders Lee was generating goals. He was our number one leading goal scorer before he got hurt. Paul Mary. I know it's weird, but like Paul Mary has that type of Anders Lee. He loves going in front of the net. He loves crashing the net. And that's where Everly and Barzell look to. They look for that guy in front of the net. And they Josh Bailey's not the guy to crash in front. And I really feel like Palmieri could do that as well as Wallstrom can get open and skate with Barzell. So that's the two I would figure out to put on that first line. It's just about putting the chemistries correctly together and seeing what they can do. And that wasn't done correctly tonight, again, in my opinion. And, you know, I he, Trot said he was overthinking it last year, and I think he's overthinking it again. I just don't know what's – I don't know. Trot really has it in his mind, and I thought – I think you guys said it where you guys said Trotz's mentality is, you know, it's it's okay if we don't score goals as long as they're not being scored against us. And that's, that's just the wrong mentality. Here's, here's, hold on, Kim. Barry Trotz can do no wrong. Barry I love Barry. That's what everybody I, say, I love Barry, but I'm, 
I just have to question a little bit where I just hate this defensive minded. That's not what we need right now. Like, I think defensively we were okay this game. Obviously stays a one nothing game. But, God, damn, do we need to push? How many times do we set up in their zone this game? Once? Twice? 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 Ridiculous. How many times we uh, we just we gain possession? It takes us five, six minutes to gain possession. And then we pass it right back to their sticks. We dump the puck, automatically giving up possession. And on a power play, we dump the puck. That is the – I have no idea why this team does that so much. But on a power play, we will dump the puck in, automatically giving up possession. They just get it back, whoop, flip it out of the zone because there's no icing. So it's, it's mind-boggling to me that – he doesn't see like, oh, you got to like keep the lines, you know, ground it. Don't ground it. Let it fly. Let Barzell fly. We need it so bad. You can't keep a baby bird grounded. It will never learn to fly. And that's what's going to happen with Barzell. He's never going to turn into the superstar he needs to be. You got to let him fly. No, no, no. I really hear from the other guys talking no, about No, no, no. fly. No, no, no. Matt Barzell, you are not allowed to do that. We want you to be a third-line center. That's what we want. We don't care if you play offense. We don't, we don't like your fancy play. We want you to be able to defend in your zone. That's what we want. We want to once again jam that square peg into the round hole because that's what we do. I have a question for you, Kim. If Barry Trotz – wait a minute, wait a minute. If Barry Trotz was an animal, what kind of animal would he be? Maybe a beaver. Okay. I think he looks like an armadillo. I would say a beaver because he likes making dams. Oh, <laughs> He's going to okay. stop the flo water flow. <laughs> I, just think he, I was just saying he looks wise. I would say an armadillo or a mole. That's what I was going to say. Grump, I want to get your take, though. Where okay. is your Where is your concern for the Islanders, if any? It, you know, there are fans out there who still believe. And I, I'm curious, Grump, are you one of those fans that believes Barry's going to get the ship headed in the right direction? This is just a slight little bit of turbulence on our way to winning our fifth Stanley Cup, Grump. I want to know what your opinion is on that. Okay, if anyone listened to last night's podcast, I said we need to change direction of the team. Okay? This team is going nowhere. Um you know, and I, I, you know, I realize that we're an older team and that we need to go, you know, all in. But when you're going all in at the expense of not being able to uh, develop for the next level, for the next uh, cycle of the team, you're doing it to service of the team. And that's what the fossil is doing right now. He's not he, he, trading away those first round draft picks. And as much as I love J.G. Pajot, and you know I do, he's a third line center. OK, can't, can't give away first and seconds. And you're right, Cam. I love him. I love him. TJ was against the trade. I was for it. But let's be honest. He's for first and second for a third liner is not smart. And then you're giving a first and a fourth away for, you know, uh, you know, Kyle Palmieri, who I've never been a fan of, who doesn't obviously doesn't fit right now. He doesn't fit. He looked better tonight. He looked like he was at least shooting the puck. And I had a couple of opportunities. It's amazing. Right. Well, right, a little bit. And Zajac, who is what he is at his age. I just feel when you're a team that really has no shot of winning the Stanley Cup, you should not be giving away first-round draft picks, especially when the first year that you were there, you drafted Simon Casper Holmstrom, who's nowhere near as good as Philip Tomasino, Connor McMichael, and Alexander Kaliev. Thank you very much. I wanted to make sure I mentioned the three amigos right off the top. I think it's Alexi Kaliev, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you this much. 
Kaliev, that's all that matters. Or Arthur Kaliev, I can't remember. Uh, he plays for, you know, plays for the Ontario region. Anyway, Grump, so you can go ahead and mark that off on your bingo boards at home. That being said, yeah, the point production has not been what they've expected so far there from Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. Ten games into Kyle Palmieri, one goal, one assist. And, and, you know, the team's offensive production has been anemic at best. Yeah. I mean, but think about it. I love it. I just absolutely love it with the national hosts, the national analysts who know nothing about the Islanders. Let's be honest. They know nothing. And they come out and they parrot the very things that I say. It makes me feel so good. This way, when I, you know, and here's the thing. Everyone knows I absolutely love the Islanders, but I'm a realist. I want to win Stanley Cups. I don't want to qualify for the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. Get ready, people. It's going to happen. We are not winning. We're going to make playoffs, but we are not advancing. When you asked me last podcast, TJ, what team I would want to play if we met who we met in the first round of the playoffs, I think Detroit or Buffalo. Those would be the two teams that I'd like to play. <laughs> oh my goodness, Detroit or Buffalo. Kim, I, I want to get your take too on that. If you I mean, like obviously the Islanders are still in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. I don't think it's doom and gloom. I think there's no way we miss the playoffs. If we do, that's a catastrophic collapse. But I think we make the playoffs. Who is your selected team you'd want to face off in the first round against? None of them. <laughs> I feel any way we go. Like, I, honestly, I'm with Grumpy Old Man at this point. Seeing how this team has collapsed these last four or five games, I, I honestly thought we were going to be a better team than this, that we were playing. I know the potential of this team. I know how good we can play, and we're just not doing that at this moment. We won 8-4 to four with this damn ta- Cavs team, and now we can barely get a goal against them. I think it's also like these other teams are adjusting to the Islanders' play style because Barry plays the same system again and again and again. And these other teams are going, this is how the Islanders play, this is how we have to adapt. And it feels like the Islanders aren't doing that. They're just playing the same game and going, this should work. And if we keep doing this, the Penguins, Boston, uh, Washington, any of those teams, we're screwed. I honestly feel like we're we're on track, on the track for a first-round exit at this point. And I'm gonna. I just want to. I just want to piggyback on something Kim said. You know, where other teams know how we play. That's the one disadvantage when you're playing uh, the same teams eight times a year. Yeah. There are no secrets. Nope. Absolutely not. Where it's four times. Okay. You know, we see a little bit of the beginning of the season. We see a one game in the middle, one at the end. We don't really get it till we get to the playoffs. There are no secrets, and that's bad news for us. Well, especially when you're talking about those uh, the inner or interdivisional. Uh, playoff round for certain that will be it and I also want to touch a little bit on another point too they popped they popped it up on screen I'm happy they did there on NBC Sports Network the Islanders only have 34 goals in the second period all season long take that into account that is the second fewest amount of goals produced in the second period of any other team in the NHL there were two shifts I'm sorry are you still talking? I was, just, I was just saying, wow, I'm just in shock. Okay. There were two shifts where Washington had the puck in the Islanders zone. I want to say close to five minutes, which is more time than we spent in Washington's zone the whole game. I mean, they just, I'm like, this is, I even wrote it down. Caps outclass us. I mean, they're way, way better. They're way better than us yep. without Ovechkin. Think about that. Without Ovechkin. It's grim to think about. It really yeah. is. 
It's because it's, you know, they don't have Ovechkin. They, as a team, and you saw it after um, Matt Martin hit Raffle in the corner, which was, oof, that was a bad hit. But you saw it as a team collectively. They got angry. And they all stepped up together. Without Ovechkin, they're like, okay, we're missing our top leading goal scorer. We're, they're not deflating. They're not like, oh, sh you know, like we lost our – they all stepped up together as a team. They, they went, we have to play better, each one of us collectively, and go out there and give it our all because we're missing one of our best. They did not deflate. They did not – you know, and that's what makes them such a good team. I think the Capitals really have emerged to me as why they were a first-place team. Peter Laffey left. Is an unbelievable coach too. Yes, and he is. Thing too, you know. I wonder if Lafayette was even the coach last year, how things would look there for the Capitals, and how it's going to look for him this year. He's an outstanding coach. You know, our opinion on Reardon, he's not the quality that they he's need. Got, yeah, he's got really bad hair. What he's got is really bad, and uh, he's not a good coach, right? But here's the thing: I don't know if it would have made much of a difference last year. The reason why we have such a good playoff run is that we were rested coming off the break where as an older team, Hey, we're able to, and we were able to do Barry system coming out of a long hiatus like that. Now we don't have that benefit and you're seeing it. It's like the same stage of the year as last year where we kind of fell apart because our guys are older and we just can't continue to carry to play. But there were some positives from this game. For certain. We've been gloomy for about 20 minutes and, uh, we got to get to some positive scrum. A few. Okay. I, I have a couple. I mean, you know, but we'll be back to the gloom and doom because, you know, that's really what it was about tonight. But I'll tell you what. I thought, you know, besides the Bailey doing that nice little body move there, I thought it was really nice by him. Uh, I thought it was a really excellent job by Mayfield when he went down on five on three where he kind of tied that puck up behind the, I want to say for about 25, 30 seconds, which really kind of took them out of any energy that they had right before the end of the second period there. Yeah. Um, and uh, AJ made a very astute observation tonight saying how the cats were stronger on the stick than we were, and that's without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. And we saw a continuation of them just beating us to the loose pucks from the other night. And I don't think it's because we're not trying. I really don't. I just think they're younger, and they skate better than we do. No. Uh-oh, uh-oh. This I'm is a disagree with you. There's a dissenting view. I'm interested. Please. I really feel because I've seen this team skate. And I. it's like, it's not like our team is that old. Like, we have older members. But you're like, I think you're collectively thinking this team is that much older. I, I To me, it's like we have older members, but we also have the young guys mixed in there. But honestly, I've seen this team skate. And honestly, I don't know what's up. I feel like with every puck battle in corners on the, we love playing against the boards. I don't know what's up with that. We just are puck watching and we do not skate. It seems like a lack of motivation all of a sudden. Like we know this game was over before it started. We are not skating to full potential. I've, these guys are like, okay, I got to get the puck now. And there's a cap coming. You see them skating with all their force. Like that's their puck. The Islanders have not been doing that. There is no urgency. It's like they already knew before th that this game was over before it started. And, also, just reading plays, like, 
does it, I feel like the Islanders are so disconnected. Like I know what the Islanders are going to do when they get the puck in our, we were a perfect example. We were in that back corner. I forget who the de defender was. I think it was Coburn. It was Coburn. He's fighting in the back corner. What do the Islanders do when they fight in the back corner? They're going to put it up the sideboards. We do it every single time. So what do the caps do? I don't remember who's he's standing there on the sideboards waiting for the puck. Where's Jordan Eberle standing behind him? No. You know this is your team. Don't you know your own place? Stand in front of him. Get dirty with him. This team makes me nuts. They cannot connect with each other. Passing's non-existent. Are you kidding me? We'll pass it right into the Caps gates. Puck possession's non-existent. And we can't even read our own damn plays. The Caps know our plays before we do. Well, I want to piggyback off of that. You said it looks like we don't have the enthusiasm. We don't have the gusto. We don't have the energy to go ahead and chase down these pucks. I want to expound upon that a little bit. Why do you think that we're getting beaten to all those pucks? I don't know what's going on. And uh, it, is it just like a lack of motivation? Like we faced this team twice and it's like, oh, we know we're going to lose tonight. Why even bother? I don't know because I've seen it the last two games too. I don't know what it is. With this team right now, I don't know if it's a disconnect in the locker room. Oh, but with Leo Komarov's a great locker room guy. Um, I don't know what is the disconnect between this team, but I'm not seeing it. I feel like uh, I want to go in that locker room and just spit it, <laughs> like spit facts at them and be like, guys, wake up. <laughs> you know, I want to say, you know, you mentioned why we're always hanging around the boards. And I'm going to kind of tie that into their lack of skating ability as a team. You ever see when kids are learning how to skate, they always stand near the boards so they can hold themselves up. That's, I think that maybe that's probably the reason. And Barry realized it because he's a genius. And so he's trying to put them in the greatest uh, position to succeed perhaps. Yeah, but no, lack of skating is definitely there. Only Nick Letty and Matty Barzell are the two where I feel they have great skating ability. Here's my favorite. Here's the favorite comment. Who's Who are the two analysts tonight? Patrick Sharp, the pretty boy. And who was the other guy who I more Derek Moore? I, I don't remember. I do remember. I always gravitate towards Patrick Sharp. I, I I think he usually makes pretty damn good points. I usually listen to him. I focus. I hyper focus when he speaks. They stopped about this close from calling the team Maddie and the Jags, <laughs> which is what I like to call them. And they like the only guy who creates any offensive spark for that team at all is Matt Barzell. I mean, and, you know, Jack, I don't, Jack, Kim, I don't know if you know, Jags just stands for just a guy. So it's Maddie and the Jags, and I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I just want to say one thing. Boy, is Adano Chara a great teammate. He's just a great teammate. Matt, yeah. I don't think, here's the thing, I don't think that's what was a penalty, but he went over there and he stood up for his guy. When was yeah. the last time when you see Matt, Matt Barzell getting steamrolled into the boards, any of these guys stick up for him? Facts. Yep, you're right. Never. Never. semi Matty Martz, but honestly, not a lot. Like, not like what he used to be. And that's kind of sad for me. When he came back from the Leafs, he was not the same Matty Martz. It's because he's 32 years old, and now just – I don't know if you realize his real name is the $6 million man. That's what happens when you sign a four-year, $1.5 million per year deal. You I'm, become Steve Austin, the $6 million man, with his bionic legs, arm, and eye. I guess I'm going to support Matt Martin a little bit. You put me in an odd juxtaposition here. Like Rump, I, I, and Kim, I mean, like, I don't know what you expect there from Matt Martin. I, I don't expect much, but – I you know, when he was there with Toronto, oh, man, oh, man, he was getting healthy scratch on a game-in, game-out basis. I mean, I don't think Why? So. Why? 
He doesn't fit into their system. They need. He's not good enough. He's not good enough. That's why he wasn't good enough to play for that team. I I get your point. And the thing is, their team it has a little bit of a different style than our team. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, they're entertaining. That's correct. They're fun to watch. That's correct. Again, I don't I don't expect much there from Matt Martin when he does score. It's a, it's a shocking surprise. I mean. Cal Clutterbuck seems cashed out the more and more I watch him play. And he's another guy who's, you know, had an outstanding career there as a fourth line guy there for the Islanders. But uh, you could tell the team's getting old, getting fast, and, and are getting old fast. I just wonder, right? And I want to draw a comparison and ask you kind of your opinion on it, Kim, as well as you, grumpy old man. The Islanders had that collapse towards the tail end of the season last year, of the regular season. It was right after and a little bit actually bled, it bled into before the trade deadline. You know, we can say maybe it was Adam Pellick was out. You know, you can make whatever type of excuse you want for it, but we won two games out of 13 attempts. And we're seeing a little bit of uh, a little bit of the same signs of, oh, wow, we can't score again. Oh, wow, we're struggling on the power play mightily. Again, that's been happening since March. But you see these recurring trends, and, and I'm just wondering, do you expect us to continue this uh, this struggle there? for the rest of the season here, the rest of the regular season. Do you think this is going to be something that continues here? Or are we going to kind of bounce out of it? Kim, we'll let you hit this first because I'm angry now. Okay. <laughs> um, that's the problem. It's like, that's the question. Now. I was comparing it, even I streamed it before. I was comparing it to the last season too. It's just like we went to that seven-game slump. Um, we don't have anything to compare it to last year. Obviously, I think the Islanders got a break with everything that happened with the pandemic uh, with team-wise, and it was a new team when it came to playoffs. I, I'm i hoping that the same different spark, whatever nipped us in the butt going into those playoffs happens again this year because I do think hopefully we'll hold on to at least the fourth-place slot. Definitely. But it's it's hard. I really think here's the good side is after the Rangers, we have Buffalo, Buffalo, uh, Devils, Devils. Those should, I'm saying should, should be eight beautiful points right there. Grab them. Take them. It's like, that's what people were pissing me off when we had that nine-game winning streak against, like, those teams. Oh, it doesn't count. You know, it's so easy to lose to those teams. You know, people don't realize. It's like, teams are still teams you can lose on any given day. Those should be a nice grab for points. I mean, my... That's going to be my testament to how this team will do. If the Islanders cannot produce against the Devils and Buffalo, we're, we're screwed. Okay, here's the thing. We're screwed anyway. Doesn't matter. We will make the playoffs. We will make the playoffs. Okay, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to get the net. We're, we're really good at handling the lesser teams. We're good at that. We can't beat any of the guys who are in the playoffs right now. It's just not happening. And when you compare last year, you know, you're hoping that maybe we can regain that spark. For me, the style that we play with an older team, it, you cannot do it over an 82-game season. Cannot be done. We ran out of gas the same amount of time, at the same period games-wise that we did last year. That's what worries me. The only reason that we put it together come playoff time, Barry is really, really good coming off of when the regular season starts or off of some break. He's very good getting the guys back on the right page where they're fresh and they can continue to do that. Playing that type of style is a real grind on a player, and it gets worse and worse you get older. You mentioned Cal Clutterbuck. I thought he had a good game today, one of his better games in quite a while today. He was more engaged. He was using the body. 
Yeah. Maybe they threatened him by saying, Lollipop's going to take your spot. So that's why he's going to play a little bit hard. Please, God, no. Well, we hope not. We hope not. But, you know, hey, I, it drives me crazy. But I have something that I just I'm interested in. You know, we rested Noah Dobson because, you know, maybe he hit a brick wall, right? We put on Brandon Colburn, who obviously can't play defense anymore. So we, we're going to play Brandon Colburn again. How about giving somebody else a break? Why not sit? And what did, what did Barry say? He wanted a heavier presence out there because Washington is a heavy team. What's Andy Green's size? Andy Green is a huge mammoth. He's built like a tree trunk, grumpy old man. I think he stands at about six foot ten, probably about two seventy-five, if I had to guess. Well, it's funny you say that because the media guy says he's 5'11", 190. So oh, I know, thought he had a pretty good game today. Uh, you know what? And maybe maybe he's like, hey, if they're sitting Noah, I know I haven't played anywhere near as good as he had this year. Maybe there's a shot I'm gonna get sat. Obviously, he hasn't been here long enough because he would know that there's no way that Barry's ever going to set a veteran over a younger guy. Just yeah. not going to happen. It's very true. <sighs> but okay. honestly, there was points where uh, Andy, he did he mess up a little bit? Yeah, he had he didn't have some great moments. Obviously, defense had the whole team on them the whole freaking game. But Andy Green was one of the ones who I saw actually just trying to shoot at the net tonight. Thank God. We, I tell you he what, times, a few times he pinched up there and took chances there offensively, trying to generate something. I mean, yeah, was, yeah. they finished the game with less than twenty shots on net. I think the Man. the Caps were three shots away from doubling their shots on us. Three shots away. I was surprised when they said we had eighteen shots at the end of the game. I guess it helped having all those power plays at the end. Uh, we got like what three shots on those power plays? Well, it's better. It's better than we had any of the regular during the regular rest of the period. Oof. You know, AJ said something else. She said something. Matt Barzell. You know, she talks to Barry, and you know, and she agrees with him. Of course, she does. Brown knows her that she is. Well, she is. Like, she knows. She knows the company line. She knows. She knows who. I love, I love. First of all, I love how Kim can do the rock eyebrow. First of all, I absolutely love it. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, but AJ mentioned how, uh, you know, she talked to Barry, and Barry said, you know, Matt needs to trust his teammates. Would you trust any of the Jags? I mean, you know what it would be like? It would be like Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, you knew I was going to throw him in here somehow. Oh. Was playing with a peewee team. Or, okay, let me do another. Lamar Jackson, who could just run around and do anything he wants, playing against a high school team. Do you think – he would trust the other players or would he use his innate ability to try to generate something if they can't score at all? Yeah. I'm not likening that comparison, but I'll let it slide grump. I'll tell you though. Uh, I did like how he said that. And you know, I, I talked about it before and I'll say it again. I don't care what type, what Matt Barzal says in the media. Cause I listened to him. He had a few questions there from staple gross, you know, et cetera. There, the Islanders media cartel, and they were all very easy questions. Oh, did you think it was going to be tough to replace Anders Lee? I mean, I know Komarov is a great guy, and he's a great teammate guy, great in the locker room. But do you think it was going to be tough to replace Anders Lee after he was producing so well this season? Very, very easy questions. Biggest thing, I mean, I just ask the guy straight up. You know, and again, they'd obviously have their pass removed. In the same token, though, how fr legitimately as a player, how frustrating is it? when you lose a guy like that who does help you create some offensive acumen, how tough is it now that you've had a revolving door of left-wingers 
accompany you. Guys who have been anywhere from taxi squad, healthy scratched on a consistent basis to players who are at the end of their career and, you know, best yet, maybe they're bottom six guys thrown on your left wing on a consistent basis. How frustrating is that on a game in game out basis? Not to mention the rest leaving you high to dry every single time you're abused out there on the ice. Tell me about it. Well, I'll touch on that first. And we'll let Kim go because I've been so detri- I've been uh, so generous by offering her to go first all the time. I want to beat her to the punch on you know something that she might want to say. What can I tell you? Go. Uh, to me, my question I would have asked was: I'm not one of the boot licking media out of the Islander uh, regular guys. I would say, do you regret not getting an offensive player for this team for the last three years, where one injury would derail your whole season? Do you regret, Lou Fossil? Let me ask you a question. Why don't you draft anyone who has any offensive skill? Why do you want to draft a guy who's a Josh Bailey 2.0 when you have obvious talent staring you right in the face? This yeah, way, when you get an injury, in the four Alex Jeffries. Okay, continue though. All right. Here's the thing. You can you get high end talent at the top of the draft, not in the fifth and sixth round. You I might agree. get lucky there, but it's all the first round is where you're gonna you're gonna pan for gold, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay, those are the type of questions that should be asked because it tells me we have absolutely no depth organizationally where one injury, because to me, average Anders Lee is just what he is. He's a guy, he's a totem pole who's good at staying in front of the net and get deflect pucks. That's what he's good at, okay? Let's be honest. He doesn't skate well, doesn't pass well, no vision, but he's very good at staying. What he does well, he does well. But taking him off of that team should not be enough to derail the season. It shouldn't. I mean, it just shouldn't. It means one or two things, Grump, and I'll let Kim comment on this too. It means either you're wrong and he's not average, or it means, number two, we have no organizational depth, or it could be a mix of both. Seriously, think about it. If we lose guys, imagine if we lost a Matt Barzal. Imagine if we lost a Brock Nelson. What the team would look like. I really think we'd be in shambles. We're not a team to where we can lose a guy like an Alexander Ovechkin, like a Tom Wilson for extended time periods like the Capitals did, like a Steven Samkos, like a Kucherov, like a Braden Point at time periods, like the Tampa Bay Lightning have been able to do in the past, and we're able to continue to operate there in full capacity. We're just not a team that has that type of depth. I definitely agree. I agree there. Like, absolutely. I think, you know, you think of like teams that are up there, teams who have won Stanley Cups, and you can name three or four players where you're like, everyone in the, the league knows their names because of how good they are. Without, I think when you think Islanders, you're like Matthew Barzell. And that's basically it. I, I do, th- I do agree with you that like, if we lose like one more player that one, like, especially like a Nelson, who I think at least was one of the players trying to at least, you know, cross that blue line tonight, uh, cleanly. Um, someone like a Brock Nelson, like a Beauvillier, like those would detrimentally hurt this team. And we honestly, we played like an AHL team team tonight against what looked like a Capitals NHL team. I I just feel like it would just get worse and worse. Well, our AHL team is like an ECHL team. Yeah, true. So you know what? It works out. It's funny you mention that too, right? Listen listen to the comments they made pregame and even during game. Barry Trotz has so many different guys he can rely upon. He feels like, you know, they've got 16 or 7. I can't remember the exact number they threw out there. Some ridiculously large number. 16 or 17 different forwards that are consistent NHL quality forwards out there. And they just have to find out what's the best lineup to throw out there to generate enough offensive spark. And I just think to myself, 
you know, it's not about having guys who are, you know, could be consistent in NHLers. It's about having guys that make a legitimate difference. We're a team that needs to score goals. We need to have guys that can do that. We've got the defensive part down bad. I'm Matt Barzell, and here's what the media wants to hear. <laughs> That's it. Here's the thing. Most of the guys that they're talking about really qualify for Barry's Beer League because that's what they are at this stage of their career. I'm sorry. They are what they are. Oh. And I love them. They're great guys. I mean, we're a family. The Islanders are without a doubt a family. But at some point, you know what? You got to kick the little bird out of the nest and let the other birds, you know, get ready to take over. Oh, grumpy. That was, all right. That was a, hand, it was a bad analogy. What can I tell you? I'm prepared for the show. Just whatever comes into my head at the second. Yo, can I ask you and uh, TJ and Grumpy a question on here? Yes, please. Because this was something that was really bothering me. Like, in, uh, Alan Pellick proved my point, I think, two games ago against the Cavs with his PK goal. Uh, I know a lot of people have been yelling, you know, like, shoot, shoot the puck. But I think our shot total and now puts it perfectly for me tonight as evidence that this team just does not take the opportunities to shoot towards the net. They wait for the perf that perfect opportunity. They wait for that perfect, you know, setup, that perfect shot. And that's not, that's not how hockey works. And I think uh, Adam Pellick did it the best where on that PK, he went to the zone and he basically, I'm going to censor myself. He said, F it. And he just rocketed it towards the net and it went in. That's all you need to do. You, you just say F it and shoot the damn puck. And I think Adam Pellick did it perfectly the other night of just saying, like, that's what the, this team needs to do. More of that. F it. Just put it towards net. B, I wish this team was just a little more selfish on the puck. A little more selfish. I'll tell you one thing. And, and that's why a lot of people you see on Twitter, they'll argue, oh, Noah Dobson hasn't been the same since he come back from COVID. You know, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been this. You know, he's interchangeable. Scott Mayfield, blah, 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 et cetera. The thing that Noah Dobson does that very few of our defensemen do is it doesn't matter what type of opportunity there is. He's going to throw the puck towards the net. And we saw two power play goals directly result to him just throwing the puck towards the general direction of the net. Again, there's a chaos and there's a scrum in front and you're able to redirect it. You never know what type of bounce it's going to take. We do not put the puck on net on or, on or towards the net enough, especially on the power play, which is the reason why we struggled so mightily there on the power play. We're sitting about 11 or 12% since the beginning of March. Well, TJ talks so long, Kim. I forgot your question, and he's so boring. He puts me to sleep most of the time. You know, he, he has that book. It's just that what do you feel like? It's more like what do you feel about the selfishness of this team? How do you feel like more uh, – like how, how do you feel like this team can produce more with shots? How, what players do you see that – just need to put maybe just that little more towards the net. What players do put more shots in the net? Do you put those together? Crump, is there somebody on this team you think that could put the sh could put the puck towards the net a little more often? Is there one player that you think would need to shoot a little more often, Crump? He can't shoot. He won't shoot. He did take a shot tonight, you know, but the king of the secondary assist, you know, Mr. 900 games, however many games he's played. I, you know, here's the thing. I just hope he, I just hope that the Kraken pick him in the expansion draft. I want him gone. It'll be one last guy for me to whip on, but then they're going to slither up Casper uh, of the minus whatever down in Bridgeport, uh, the worst draft pick probably of that whole draft. Uh, they'll okay. put him but, no, addressing Kim's question, uh, we have a couple of guys who are not afraid to shoot the puck. But they're younger guys, yeah. And Barry refuses to play them long term. If they make a mistake, boom, you're benched. Yep. Keeper Bellows, Oliver Wallstrom, they are unconscious. They're not afraid to shoot the puck. 
Shoot yeah. the, you can't score if you don't shoot the puck. You can't shoot if you – now, Adam Pellis' goal was a little bit weird. Uh, I think he just caught him by surprise, honestly. Both of those guys just backed off, backed off and backed off, and he's not known for scoring, and he just launched that shot, and it still should have been saved. That's a week he gave up. Yeah. Sometimes I think that the Islanders, maybe it's because the Russian lollipop uh, figures that, you know. He's Estonian. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't care what he is. Uh, I'm going to give Kim a little education lesson because just I know she's very young. So she does not remember the great Russian teams back in the 1970s and the 80s. Uh, they would only shoot the puck like 15, 20 times a game. They'd score like 11 or 12 goals because they were just so dynamic. But everything was just uh, – it was like a clockwork, how they, how they were able to pass that puck. We don't have that. Everything we do is slow. But maybe that's what the Islanders feel. Maybe having Leo and Sorokin and Varlamov on the team, uh, maybe they just figure – and Goloshev maybe uh, coming up. Maybe they figure that hey, let's relive the old Russian Red Army days, perhaps. I do. I do want to get to to Sorokin and how outstanding he was tonight. Grump, you said you were going to shamelessly promote, and I totally forgot because the shock factor of you wearing lipstick it completely derailed me. But I do want to remind everybody that Grumpy Old Man and I have a separate show called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man to where we're going to talk more just sports in general. So if you enjoy that type of content, you enjoy the character of the Grumpy Old Man and myself, we're launching there on NFL Draft Day, uh, Thursday there, probably about like 7.30, 8 o'clock. You could find the link to follow us there in the description below. But again, it's on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. But Grump, I, I totally had forgotten about it. You told me I'm going to shamelessly promote it, and I, it's 40 minutes in, and I almost completely forgot about it. <laughs> well, I had a senior moment, and I obviously forgot to do it as well. But, yes. Now, see, here's the thing. I don't know where you go to get these things. I mean, you say, hey, it's easy to get to. I tried to get to something. I couldn't get there. So I don't know what you're talking about. I had, there- to link it. I had to link it. Don't worry about it, Grump. I had to link it in the comments or the description below of the video. But, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I know because you don't have any type of social media. You're not uh, very computer literate. So I had to link it down there. But, yeah, I do know the problem you were talking about. Um, yeah, and I hope that everyone who you know listens to us is going to listen to me because no one wants to hear you. No offense, DJ. Is going to listen to me on Thursday night. I just People, provide a little structure. That's what my job is. My job is to try to structure and put you right in line, Grumpy Old Man, where we can get the perfect amount of craziness. Yeah, we see how that works. Now, Kim, do you ever notice if you listen, he's so measured in his delivery and he'll have those dramatic pauses, almost like he thinks he's, you know, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to read a book and put uh, a sachet in there. Like, hey, remember when we went down to the street? You know, hey, no one wants to hear that, DJ. All right. I'm just telling you. You got to take that, DJ? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't, I don't even let it bother me. I'm. It, he jaws so much, yep, 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 but it is what it is. He's wearing lipstick, so I, I, I'll tell you one thing. That's made me expect, he's the MVP of the show tonight for putting the, putting lipstick on there. I'll tell you that much. I was not expecting that, Grum. Okay, here's the thing. I knew when we found out that you were going to do the podcast, I said, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm definitely going to do it, and I'm going to hide it to the last second. So, I mean, I just, like I said, I feel like we're kindred spirits, uh, you know, I've seen you on TV with the lipstick and, you know, now you've seen me and you're like the, the prettiest girl or actually the prettiest person that we've had on this podcast. I'm second by a long shot. And then there's TJ. 
I'm trying to think, grumpy old man. Thank you. Thank you for rating me there the lowest and you the second in the middle there, Grump. I know she had to fight with some real competitors there for that role, but uh, she definitely is an elite. Anyway. Hey, I'm nothing if not truthful. Anyway, grumpy old man and Kim, I want to talk about the performance of Sorokin tonight. I really didn't know what to expect after he gave up a goal there on the very first shot. Again, it was an absolute rocket there. I mean, like it was put up right in the toy department. Perfectly placed. I was about to say, there was no way he was going to stop it. And uh, I was kind of worried because he kind of got shelled in the most recent game there on Saturday. And I was just kind of worried a little bit about it. I'm like, why is Varlamov not there? He's held, he's scratched. And we've got Schneider now as the backup. I really wonder what's going on there with Varlamov. We can't afford him to be out long-term. But, I mean, Sorokin came up and he... He stood on his head, man, oh, man. The way he played tonight, he deserved a win, some sort of run support in some capacity. That stop on Mantha, man, what a stop. I mean, that Mantha breakaway, I was like, it's done, it's over. <laughs> and then uh, I saw that blocker stop by him, man. He just, all we needed to do for Sorokin was get one damn, I don't know what's with it this season, but the Islanders just stopped playing in front of Sorokin. They'll play in front of Varley some games, you know, and it's, I know it's been recently, but like, especially in the, like, towards the beginning of the season, the Islanders just in front of Sorokin were like, nah, good luck. Yeah, I hope you do it. Like, in, in front of Varley, then the, they're this, the Islander. I don't know what it is with Sorokin sometimes where it's just like, all th we needed to do is get one damn goal. One goal, and he had us back there. It was a brick wall for us. I mean, that first goal was like kind of a shell shock. It was like, boom, oh my God, okay, we got to wake up. But and there's nothing to do. Sometimes that's the reality of things. And Sorokin, that whole game was there for his team. You even saw it uh, before they went to commercial one game. He was just looking down like, please, God, someone help me. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where this team goes in front of him. I just, uh, you know, sometimes, and maybe that could be something you see in practice as well. If they see a guy being so spectacular, and this is going to sound stupid because we certainly don't play this way. You take more chances offensively when you think that, you know, you have somebody who can stop a breakaway. Like I said, I know it sounds stupid, but you know, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to give you a scenario as to why. All right. Um, yes, we played offensive tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, realistically, we had the, the Bailey shot on the brilliant pass from Barzell. Uh, Palmieri had a nice shot on a pass, I think, from Nelson in the corner, which was a nice save by Samsonov. And I think – hey, No, uh, Samsonov I'm sorry. Three, three chance. Everly did too. And that I forget who I think it was was it uh Barzell or Bailey? I think Andy Green. He did a pass to Everly and he did like a 360 trying to get it on, but it was an easy shot. But the the number of high risk chances that we had was like I can count them on my hand. Oh know. yeah, absolutely that's why I was doing it because I could be like, look, this and I only have five fingers. I'm not one of those, you know, freaks who got like 15 fingers on one hand. Just I just got five like most everybody else. <laughs> I mean, and but Sorokin, I thought was excellent tonight. Yeah. But even though uh, I don't think we struggled defensively for the most part, it wasn't like the other game where mm -hmm. he gave up the number of goals where they had a, so many point blank chances with defensive breakdowns all over the place. Yeah. I mean, that's just our style of play. It's just that I just think Washington is just too much for us right now. I, I just, I just, I, it doesn't even upset me because. I just think Washington's a better team than we are. I mean, it just is what it is. I hate to say it, but I just, that's the way I feel. I was about to say, it's that lineup we rolled out there tonight is about the best lineup we could. I mean, maybe addition there of Dobson, subtraction of Coburn. I mean, Scott Mayfield, by the way, did not look good tonight. I know you said he did a good job there on the penalty kill for that one 
that one he has his moments but yeah no i don't i agree like he's the one that let that mantha breakaway happen we're huge scott mayfield fans too just because he's on a very very reasonable contract and uh you know we always thought he was a little bit of an unsung hero and it's unfortunate that this year we have learned that no it was devon taves who was yep it was covering for mayfield yep and think about it think about our power play right Devon Taves is another guy who's capable of putting the puck on net. I you put Ryan Ryan Pulak, I say a hundred times ago, a hundred times, Ryan Pulak couldn't put the puck in the ocean if he's standing on the end of a pier. He just can't, so you can't have him up top. You can't have him in the trigger spot. You can't do it. Letty won't shoot. I mean, you have to have somebody who's willing to put it to take a shot and put it on net. Yep. And that's no adoption. Absolutely. I want to start getting a few comments, Grumpy Old. And again, these are going to be old comments. At the shock value of the lipstick was there, but what a film's there chiming in saying, I couldn't be any grumpier than I am right now. Love you, grump, a grumpy old man. And, and Jimmy S. there says, uh, happy there for Isles Girl there in in the show tonight. What, what does that mean? What does W007 mean? I don't know. That meant Is it Woot? Woot? I don't know. I think it meant to be Woot, uh, w, or 007. Maybe I'm like James, yeah, like James Bond or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I thought here's the thing. I thought maybe it was something cool. I want to get to that one, Grump. Peter S says, "Old oh, man wearing lipstick is too much. Too much lipstick on Grump." Peter sent me the lipstick. I don't know what he's complaining about. Oh goodness! <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's. Uh, I've, I've got to guarantee there's some lipstick comments in there. There has. Oh, definitely. Be. I've been watching it. <laughs> the funny thing is, I waited too long, Grump. So what we're probably going to do is because if we have a lot of comments there, I'm going to miss out on some of them. So I do apologize. Um, that being said, Brandon Gaines says Grumpy is the MVP of the show. Just because Brandon, of- let's go, Brandon. Uh, Brandon's smart. I know Brandon; he's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Alexander also chiming in there saying a pathetic, a pathetic effort tonight. Is he talking about the Mets losing to the Red Sox two to one against Garrett Richards, who can't throw a strike for them, and somehow he shuts them down? Or is he talking about the Islanders? Maybe both. Oh. I'll tell you, I was watching that game at the gym too, and I was like, "Oh, come on, Mets! You know, you're kind of muddling around here in mediocrity some more." Seems like they're always destined to be the New York Mets. Next comment. Oh goodness, grumpy old man. Okay, fair enough. Scott L there says, if they make the playoffs, the way they're playing, no matter who they play, they will be out in the first round. They show zero urgency and desperation. That's Think exactly what I said. Yep. Right. Think about. It. Kim, which team showed like they wanted to win tonight? Capitals, absolutely. I, I don't think it's even, it was even close. No. I mentioned it the last podcast. I said the same thing. I said they are a team that played with desperation. We needed to play, and we didn't. I mean, it's just it's frustrating. Yeah, that's definitely true. There, Wood of Films also said there, Grump, you couldn't have made me feel better with your look tonight. Thanks, buddy. You put a smile on everybody's face after a hideous performance by the Islanders tonight. So you brought laughter and joy there to the Islander fans. That's all really we want, right? Love and laughter to everyone. You know that. What is it? Love and laughter to all who listen and all who don't? And even those who don't. Oh, goodness. Don't worry. I'll say it at the end like I always do. Nick D saying, Grump, I can only imagine there. Brian P saying, what's up, TJ Grump? And the new girl, Isles girl there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, I tell you what. It's nice to have someone come on the podcast who kind of knows what they're talking about. Usually I'm just stuck with TJ. 
struggle for you grump i know i'm stuck with you which is always it's like you know i've got a massive headache sometimes other times i'm good sometimes though grump you give me headaches you give me headaches hopefully people understand that reference mikey says there if grumpy doesn't show up like that on Saturday. I'm unfollowing your account. Uh, for those who are in the Charlotte area, I'm going to be making a guest appearance. Oh, you are good. I already told yeah, you. I, you know, I you know how I am. I am. I hate wearing a mask. Isles yeah. Meetup CLT is the bomb. By the way, I went to North Carolina. We hung out with them pregame. I got. I still have my uh here. Hold on. We got. We got the Isles CLT scarf right here. Oh, that represents. Awesome. Let's go, guys. You guys are awesome. That's that's where I live is in Charlotte, so uh, it's uh, like I said I will I will make an appearance. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be there since we have to do the podcast post game, uh, but I probably will. If I have to wear a mask, why the hell would I wear lipstick? I do it. <laughs> well, see, you're better than you're a better person than I am. You'll just have to go ahead and like shuffle it down there so people could take a little quick pick there of you. Hockey mm -hmm. troll. Jeremy there says Patrick Sharp is an absolute snack. Grumpy old man. Isn't that the geek for the Capitals podcast? That is. I know he is probably riding high right now after they just took, uh, you know, six points. Well, that's why he's honestly, that's why he's listening to our podcast because his podcast sucks. Isn't he the one who leads that podcast? <laughs> he is. He is grumpy old man. Okay. I just, I just want to make sure. We love, we love you, hockey troll. Jeremy, you're a great guy. Oh, goodness gracious. Grumpy old man. I'll tell you, you're. Uh, he is. I tell you what, Patrick Sharp. I mean, he's a good-looking guy for a hockey player. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, absolutely for sure. He is grumpy old man. And again, you're gonna have to forgive me here because I've I've missed out on so many of the comments. So again, if we didn't what get you, I apologize. I know what a loser I am. You know, I do apologize though, grumpy old man. I'm just letting everybody know. Uh, Nick D also says I like to see Coach Tommy B there on the show again sometime. Yeah, we'll definitely have him on there again. We were in talks there for like uh, before the playoffs start. We just let you know. David C. there says, if College Quinn starts Shesterkin Thursday, J.D. Hogg should fire him Friday. I tell you what, I love D-Cut because uh, he's always trying to get some – he's he's responsible for some of the uh, nicknames that we have, like the Three Amigos. He's part of Isles Misery. Isles Misery. You've almost remembered it now, bro. I almost remembered it. Because he always mentions it when he calls in. You've remembered it. Right, but he made me an honorary member, and if I had any social media presence, I mean, I hope it's like some not not some Nazi organization that I'm like, yeah, cool, make me a member. You know, I don't know what it is because I have no social media presence. I will tell you, Grump, you know what you remind me of? Maybe you remember these old commercials when Facebook had first started. Well, maybe you saw them on TV um, or heard it by radio, Grump. The old commercials you used to have with Facebook, they had like the grandmothers like, I'm on Facebook. I just posted that. And then you go ahead and like stick a little thumbtack into the wall of like a little picture they've got. I'm just wondering, again, like the literacy level there of, of uh, I mean, you're an honorary member, but you're, you're wearing it with pride. I'm happy you are. But do you have it like somewhere in the house? You have it displayed somewhere, Grump. I don't even know what you're talking about. The only commercial I remember is when uh, the old lady would say, I've fallen and I can't get up. You know, I remember that one. Oh, or how about this one? Wendy's. They had the old lady, uh, Clara Pell. You say, "Where's the beef?" Does any? Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? Look at see see everyone. Here's some of the older members know what I'm talking about. These two have no idea. That was huge, absolutely huge. Where's the beef? She was on all these commercials. How about Spuds McKenzie? You remember Spuds McKenzie? Anyone? No. Spuds McKenzie sounds somewhat 
He was a little dog they used to put on and do uh, Budweiser commercials, Spuds McKenzie. Like I said, here I am throwing the wisdom out to these youngsters and they're just not getting it. I don't know. It's 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 not penetrating, I don't think. We got a comment here from Gio also saying that Barzal isn't a star. That's our problem. I'm going to let Kim take that first before Grump goes ahead and rambles on. Barzell is like, he's in limbo for me. Because Barzell, honestly, I think he can be, he has the star capacity. Um, but there's no support for him to become that superstar that I know he can become. The potential's there. He still has the potential. That's the problem. And he hasn't just, he just hasn't been able to reach it. Like I was saying before, you got to let Barzell fly. And right now you're just, you're stapling him to the nest right now like you're putting the rock on you're putting stone hands on top of him and putting zajac on top of him and putting josh bailey on top of him he's never gonna he's never gonna fly and that's the problem you know what so i kind of agree he isn't that superstar that we need yet he will never be the player that he could be playing for this regime never because they will not let him play a game that is conducive to his style they just won't they don't care. Honestly, if you have no interest in developing an offensive team, you should move him and try to get whatever type of garbage that you like to play on your team and throw them on there. Because this guy doesn't fit. I'm going to tell you again, if they were drafting today, that kid would never get picked for this team. Never. They would they blow right past him like they did fellow Philip Tomasino. That's Same the- that guy. That's the one thing I'll give Garcino. He was good at drafting. I will give Garcino that. He was pretty good at drafting. But that's where I'm just like, I'm not that like realist, I guess you could say. Like, not that pessimist. I really do think he's the one little hope that we have on this team and that we got to hold on to it as much as possible. I hate that because it was kind of the same with John Tavares. But um, it's the one little hope. And it's just like, you saw what he can do in the uh, All-Star game years ago when he was with Sidney Crosby. I mean, that was just... Uh, those two together was unbelievable. And that's why we want to see Wallstrom up with him because Wallstrom has the skates. He can, he has that shoot first mentality. Let's see, I, That's why we're just dying to see that. And Trotz is just not, he's just not having it. I'll tell you about Garth Snow. I'll tell you about Garth Snow. It's almost like it took him 10 years of complete, utter failure in a draft. And, and it's like, it's funny now that he's gone, all these draft picks that he's, you know, selected there in post have all come to fruition. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, Hideous at first there, missed on so many guys. And now it's like, oh, wow, you know, Frankenstein the monster actually did go ahead and make some good selections. Wasn't expecting that. You know, his his legacy has become more rosy the longer away he is. I'm not saying he's a great general manager, but you talk about his ability to draft. He definitely did identify there some key players there through the draft. You look at it, too. Pelic is a guy who's a top-pairing defenseman. Devon Taves is another guy we got late who's a top-four defenseman. Again, a Norris Trophy candidate. Sorokin. Another guy who's going to be, you know, one of those uh, brick walls there for years to come. He did go ahead and identify a lot of players. And then you look at like, how did they play under the that regime? How did they? Play, oh, I guess uh, grumpy, but that regime under Garcino. Pelic had. I remember compilations of Pelic on YouTube of how bad he played. And like, I don't know about Devontae uh, because he moved up like slightly afterwards. But you know, it's kind of like Barry Trotz are the ones who made these players to the potential. Obviously, it's defensemen, but. Uh, that's where I'm like worried about trots with the offensive like growth a little you've seen a little bit but not to the full extent where I feel like it needs to be it's the system that he plays and that's that's the issue that's the issue and like I said I'm not advocating for trading Matt Barzal he is 
up here, everybody else is down here. He is without a doubt the best player on our team. But if you're not going to do something, uh, and I just feel if he was playing for another team, he would be an NHL superstar. He'd be on his, I mean, just he's just so fantastic, but he's shackled in this offense because it's defense first. And it always frustrates me no end to hear them rip him for little things. You know what? Wayne Gretzky, I always say, Kim, Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy never would have played for Barry Trotz. They would have been riding the bench because they didn't play enough defense. I mean, some guys need to score on your team. You should do everything that you possibly can to give to maximize their ability. And I don't think that Barry does that. I'll tell you, and you know, I guess I have somewhat of a realistic expectation too. I'm not expecting Matt Barzal to be unbelievably responsible in the defensive zone. I'm not. And the thing is, like Agent Malesko talked about it today too. Oh, he kind of did a flyby. When I see stuff like that, I'm just kind of like, gosh, shit. I'm like, it's That's one not of the That's not his job. Well, it comes. I just, I'm like, you know, when he does those stupid mistakes where he'll make a, will make a blunder in defensive zone. I'm like, I'm not shocked. It's like the same exact thing. I'm not expecting Pelic and Mayfield to help lead offensive attacks there and help generate, uh, generate offensive chances by putting a puck on net with a howitzer left and right. I'm not expecting that. When they do, I'm kind of shocked. It's the same thing when Matt Barzal has an unbelievable defensive play. I'm shocked by it. It's just not something I expect him to do. And you know, to, you know, also to. Again, I give Mapper's all a lot of leniency. I do, and so does Grumpy Old Man. But uh, how many star centers do you see in the league, or you know, close to star centers doing an outstanding job on the defensive side of the puck? I know our system's different, but how many? He barely skates. <laughs> Patrick Bergeron. Patrick Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron. Patrice. Yeah, Patrice. <laughs> my gosh, I can't believe I messed his name. Trump, holy <laughs> shit! Look at I you. mean, he's right in my wheelhouse. He's thirty-seven years old, right? Patrice Bergeron, he's the one. He's the one. But I'm going to get uh, his thing. I'm going to jump to AJ's defense. Uh, it was a say, mess up by him. Huh? It was it was a mess up by him. He did go ahead and fly okay. by. Him. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's her island. That, that, that's the talking points that they're given. All right? Whenever we're going to rip anybody on the island, because we don't rip anybody except for Matt Barzal, ever. You never hear them actually single anybody out by name except for him. He's the guy who gets singled out. So she's still carrying the water for Barry and Lou. Okay. I don't care. He was all right. So he missed, he missed the puck. Well, where was everybody else? Okay. I mean, and here's the thing. It was a fantastic shot. Who knew that Daniel Sprong was going to be the leading goal scorer against us this year? Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it. five goals. Think about it. Incredible. Oh my goodness. Honestly, oh. I, I, you know, that's a good point. I'm going to bounce off that. Like where was everyone else? Like, honestly, no one like, uh, just coverage tonight was a joke. And I mean, every time we got the puck, there was always two caps on one Islander every single time. Uh, that's how they got the puck back. They made us panic and we just threw it right back to them. And then when they're in our zone, you know, uh, one thing I said tonight is just when you put pressure on somebody, you know, the, if you saw the Capitals, they go straight into the man. Like if you don't move fast with the puck, they're going to come right into you and they're going to grab that puck. The Islanders, every time they do, they they go up, but then they turn right at the last minute, just like to put the pressure on. But the Cavs know that they're not gonna, they're not gonna touch them. So why do they have to rush? They know the Islanders aren't gonna come near them. Every time they're turning and and in the zone, they just wait. They just stand still and they go like this. And they don't. Uh, the Caps are moving and the Islanders are just like, well, I'm in my position. It's that, it's a joke. But but seriously, that's the Barry Trotz way. That's that's why his teams are good regular season teams and they don't win in the playoffs. Because when you come up against a team that's motivated, who has more talent than you, or who's who utilizes their talent, they struggle. 
I mean, he won the Stanley Cup the one year with Washington, loaded with absolutely loaded with talent, absolutely loaded. Yeah. And I think only one other time when he was with the Islanders and one time with uh, Nashville did he even make it to the conference finals. And he's been coaching for like 30 years. I mean, coaching as long as the grumpy old man has been sitting on that couch. First of all, this couch is not 30 years old. Thank you. It was an easy, it was an easy cheap pop. I'm moving right along. That's all right. That's cool. Bill M says, great point there, Grump. Barzy gets flattened every game and nobody sticks up for him. Absolutely not. Yeah. I thought that was a great point, too. Thank you, Phil. That's why I'm here to make all the real, the real good points. That's what I'm here for. Oh, goodness gracious, Tara. Holiday in there says, would love to see Barzal, Bavillier, and Wallstrom. It's Holiday Matinee. Okay, do you know what a matinee is? It's Holiday M. I just said Holiday M. What's the problem? It's one word. Holiday Matinee. Holiday Matinee. It's a Twitter handle. They're all one word. Whatever. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, uh, we'd all love to see that. Jay Rich also says Barzal's overrated. Elite skills, average hockey player. Sorry, Jay. I'll just we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah, now I want to get I want to get this is an interesting point. David S. there says Matt Martin has never been the same since that fight where he had his nose broken. I don't know. I, I just think I just think he's gotten beat by what beats every athlete, age. I mean, it's undefeated. Except for the great Tom Brady. Oh, goodness gracious. Kim, do you have anything on that? Do you have an opinion on that? She loves Tom Brady. I'm not going into Tom Brady. I could tell. Chunk the Tom Brady. I, I love my Mannings. I'm glad Peyton and Eli have rings. That's all I'm happy about. Kim? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. D-Cut saying clutter's finished. His JPP hand is useless. I'll tell you. There you go. You know, hey, I love how he's he's kind of tying in what we're talking about on the draft. On Thursday night, I like that D-cut. We got to love D-cut. Love it. I love the glasses on his picture. It's great. great. Brian P. also says exactly. We're boring as sin, and they're exciting. T-H-E-Y-R-E. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I don't know. We don't give many hearts. I, 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 I don't care how you do it. Boring, exciting. I don't care how you do it. Just win the damn cup. <laughs> well, that's, that's not going to happen with this group. It's not going to happen with this group. It just isn't. I'm I don't sorry. care how it's done. I don't care how it's done. I don't care now, if it's boring. I don't care if it's exciting. Now, here's the thing, Kim. What I felt we should have done when Barry and Lou came in, they had so much cachet, they could have blown the team up one more time and built from the studs up. That's what they could have done. I realize a lot of the fans, you know, they're losing all that time, but they had so much cachet. The great Lou Lamarillo, and he is a fantastic general manager, and the great Barry Trust, and he is a great coach. Uh, I think the fans would have bought into a two or three year rebuild. Well, with young players like he did in Toronto, with a little bit, maybe more, a little bit more defense, but build up that way. And I felt young that we could have. Toronto, just like Leo Komarov. <laughs> right. we, didn't, we, didn't need, we didn't need lollipop on this team. No. We didn't need him. Certainly not for four years. Well, I want to bring something up. I guess this is something I hadn't noticed. Would have films like moments later, they also said Mar Mar Matt Martin doesn't have the fight left in him. It ended when he broke his nose on that nice shot to the face. The hit that hit was accidental, even if the refs know how nice Maddie is. Bring in Ross Johnson again. I, I guess I have to look back at it. I did not really think too much about that altering his game. Yeah. He did go ahead and break his nose. I really hadn't put much thought into it, but that might be a trend. Yeah, I mean, and you know, about Ross Johnson, right? Uh, maybe he's one of those MMA fighters. The first time they get knocked down, you know, they're never the same. You know, maybe that's it, but he hasn't seen the ice 
since uh, he got knocked down by Marin. He hasn't seen the ice. No. I don't even you know. Ever notice, you ever notice how tough Tom Wilson is when Ross Johnson is on, on the ice? You ever notice? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's very noticeable. He's not afraid to challenge Matt Martin. Matt Martin's not a fighter anymore. He just didn't. Oh, just the, like, because, sorry, I'm going to just jump in here. Go ahead. Please. <laughs> what has happened to refing? Um, that that uh, Wilson Pajot uh, roughing penalties. Like, are, are the refs watching this? For, I know, and I know this is going to be like a whole, I'm sending you guys into a black hole here, but like, what happened to the instigation penalties? Like, over here, Chara and Tom Wilson are going at Pajot. Wilson literally gives him two knucks to the face. And Pajot's literally shoving him off, trying to protect himself, and he gets roughing? What happened to instigation penalties? He literally, Wilson instigated that whole thing. Why is it just, why does Pajot get a penalty for protecting himself? This is this is what happens. No penalty was going to get called until Pajot threw a couple of jabs at Wilson. That's when they call the penalties because they don't want to have a power play at that at that point in time of the game. They don't want to do it. They don't want to get involved. That's 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 just the way it is. It's always been like that in hockey. It's frustrating. My dad, when he was alive, would he gets so frustrated watching the playoffs? He's like, "Who can I write a letter to? To you know, tell him that the the, the old man's age." Here's the thing with like that logic. If they don't want to give a penalty that late in the game, then why did they call Mantha? Then why did they call the hooking? They call a lot of those. I hate the touch foul penalties that they call. It you think maybe they were like, okay, maybe we should have just called. Like maybe you think they were like trying to even it out, like that they were trying to say, you know what, you know, Pajo really didn't do much. I, I doubt it. But like, why would they call such a? And that was a soft, soft hooking penalty on Mantha. Why you know they don't want to call that late in the game, but they call that. Like it's ridiculous. It's it's just ridiculous. Uh, I just can't with the the refing. Honestly, uh, there should have been a call on Mayfield. He did interference um, in the in the first period. That should have been called. Uh, and you know what? There was a bunch of Capitals missed calls during this series. Like it, honestly, this was a series. But it's just it's been it's been ridiculous. I, I know like refing is not going to get better. It never has, and it never will. But just like what happened to some of these penalties, they just don't use them anymore, and they refuse to like, they just swallow their whistles at some points, and it makes me nuts. It's true. You're, I mean, you're right. And the Mayfield was that was we were two men down, and he they could have easily called that. Okay, he cross checked Wilson. I mean, he broke his stick on him. I mean, Wilson, Tom Wilson, the Tom Wilson is never going to get the benefit of the doubt. Just like Matt Barzell, remember TJ last year, I happened to mention to you last year that Matt Barzell was diving a lot. I said, man, he's diving a lot. I said, watch out. And that's, I believe that's why he doesn't, and he complains. So they're just saying, you know what? We're not going to call those penalties. Yeah, no, refs have something against Matt. That's what I was saying. He has to have a reputation with the refs where they, they don't trust him and things like that. Like, I think half the, and I think half the calls that he's gotten during the season, half are BS and half are real calls that Barzi, you know, he should have been better, but it's they, they, he must have a reputation among the, the referees that they're not calling some of this. Yeah, but the, fact that they won't, the fact that they won't call penalties or which are blatant against him and they're looking right at it to me, do your job, do your job. If it's a penalty, call it. Yes. The great Lawrence Taylor, when he played for the New York Giants, yes, I'm going back there, Kim. I'm going back, way back now. He was held on every single play. And they always said, well, you know, you can't call a penalty on every play. Well, you want to know something? If it is a penalty, 
Call it. Get a better player in there or scheme around to block somebody like that. I don't just get play, just play I don't get this. Play. You have to make it even BS. You don't have to make it even. If it's a penalty, I, I agree 100% with Grumpy. If it's a penalty, it's a freaking penalty. Call it. If the other team's being more dirty, then they're going to get more penalties. Done. Stuff with this even it out BS. And that's Tim Peel literally got called out on it and lost his job because of it. Oh, well, the NHL's like, okay, now, oh, shit, we got to cover our butts. Even though every NHL referee does it. It's ridiculous. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Some teams are going to get more penalties because, like, they're a dirtier team. Like, they have, they just use more physicality. And that's how it is sometimes. It's just, I don't like this evening out. The refs miss so much and because they just, they're like, oh, well, this team's got two. Well, now this team needs to get two. I want to make one quick comment about Matt Barzal. And he's not a big guy in stature. He reminds me a little bit of a yappy dog. And I say this in the most endearing way possible. And again, he gets beat up. He gets abused a little bit. He's tough as nails. But, yep, yep, yep. He's yapping in the ref's ears all the time. Sometimes they deserve it. <laughs> Sometimes he sells it. He embellishes it. He used to do it a lot two years ago. And he did it a lot last year. So I think what he, we're seeing here is he's paying there the price for doing that there those prior years, which is unfortunate, right? Um, but, you know, I always look at him as kind of like a yappy dog, and I say that in the most endearing way possible. But I want to get there to more comments here. Uh, Death Wish there says, Islanders might need to rebuild. That's extreme, too extreme. I've always been a big believer in the core that we've got. We've got a few pieces, right, we can build around. We need a re – I won't call it a rebuild. I hate that word rebuild. If I'm thinking rebuild, I'm thinking – Man, oh, man. Maybe I just have bad connotations because of the multiple failed rebuilds the Islanders have had in the past. I think we need a uh, sprucing up or a spring cleaning. Won't say I, I like that better. I like that. How are you going to do that when you have Anders Lee signed for five more years at $7 million per? You have Brock Nelson signed for four more years at $6 million per till he's 33. You have uh, Jordan Eberle signed for three more years when he's going to be 33 or 34 years old at five and a half per. You have the king of the secondary assist making $5 million a year for another two or three years. You, I mean, how are you going to do that when you've tied so much money up into these aging veterans? That's why you don't throw the money at the aging veterans. You rebuild by not signing those guys back because they're just, it's Maddie and the Jags. You can find an easy, cheap replacement for players like that, and they just don't do it. Casey Zizekas, I know you love him, Kim. I know you do. Cannot be resigned. He cannot be resigned. I know. Underrated. I know. Underrated. It's cool. No, it's cool. <laughs> don't worry. They will resign him. Don't worry. Lou never listens to me. Well, Lou sometimes calls in on the landline. I'm shocked. Sometimes calling. Right That's true. That's we got true. everybody grouped up here. It's like. a little bit of selfishness for me, but honestly, like. Of that fourth line, I, you, I don't know if you agree, but I think Casey's the best of that fourth line. Always gives 100%. Always going for every single puck, trying to get it to the net. It's just like, I just feel like he's, like he's a workhorse, in my opinion, for every single puck. If he had a little bit more help, Clutterbuck and Martin, both in my opinion, I agree. It's just like, it's like it doesn't have that, you know, like when they used to be like the name, the best fourth line. It's not the same. And I know it's not the same, but I just feel like Casey, out of all of them, really deserved a good contract. Well, he's in his 30s now. And so, you know, in the grumpy old man dictionary, 30 years old, guess what? Hockey players don't age like wine. They age like vinegar. So it's time to move on, especially that style of play, right? I mean, he's – Vinegar he's, age? Huh? Does vinegar age? Like, do you mean yeah, like – Yeah, really bad. That's what happens. It turns I mean, like, vinegar. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Never, I've never known that. I've never tested like aging vinegar, but I've never asked. Girl, I don't think vinegar ages, but I think that milk, and I'll take it. <laughs> Players don't age like wine. Oh, I'm like gonna look this up. I was about to say, you got to pull it up. I got to figure out there. We're gonna, age. we're gonna move it up. We're gonna keep moving on though. Jay Rich also says, I blame Lou Lamarillo for this old team for certain. As Jay said yeah. there last time too. Yeah, I mean, like the old team is a response. I'm mean, like. Obviously, he inherited some of the, those contracts, but the majority of this is self-inflicted there. No, vinegar does not go bad. But it tastes like shit. <laughs> I know what you were going for. <laughs> always says that. I've never said anything about it because I've always been like, uh, I didn't know vinegar. I'm like, whatever, Grump. Maybe vinegar ages. I, I, I couldn't bother to look it up, but I'm glad we have Kim here, Grump. I'm going to have to change that phrase up a little bit, Grumpy. I'm not going to change it. Bad wine turns to vinegar, I believe. I think that's what it is. If wine does it, if it's past its if it's past its age, its peak, it turns to vinegar. Right now, we are witnessing Grumpy doubling down on his. Content. I'm going to tell you what Kim is he a lot like TJ. Kim needs to be on this more often. Huh? Was that Grump? He's right with the wine. He's right with the wine. Right, that right, that, right. Wine once it's past its age turns to vinegar. It, it gets oxygenated. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That, that's my point. That's always been my. Point. Okay, I'll give it to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He doubled down and this time. I knew what I was talking about. I just didn't say it right. What the heck? Brian P says absolutely correct. This style is awful, is awfully taxing and boring. You can't grind it out for 82 games. It's too, it's too hard. It's it's too physically tough on the players. I mean, last year, right, we had some injuries before we went on the hiatus. Everybody came back healthy with the exception of Pelic. Um and that's why it, that's why and we were healthy and we were fresh, and that's why we went on that run. Yeah. We were never beating Tampa. Uh, I hate to say we're never beating them. That's as good as we could be. And I said that. I said I even said when that season was over, I said this is the high water mark for this team is currently constituted. I firmly believe that. And again, we're going to see as things play out there for certain. Only time will tell. I don't disagree with you, Grump old man. Uh, good stuff. Four four five five says. Our season was lost when Anders Lee got hurt. We needed him in his in his net front presence. I I will agree that we miss him. Yeah, uh, I don't know but, about the season being lost, but I, yeah. I agree that he's a huge loss. And it's so funny because before he got hurt, everyone was like, "Anders Lee needs to do more." Anders Lee, Anders Lee. It's like so. Some people were like hating on Lee. I just saw so many people on Twitter just hating it, <laughs> and and now that we lost, they're like. I miss Lee. They're like, where's Lee? <laughs> I'm going that far. <laughs> Grump has always stayed consistent. I've told him, I said, Grump, I said, Andersley had a miserable year last year, had an outstanding season. I was like, come on, keep it going. You know, the contract I still don't agree with, but I thought he was having an outstanding season. Grump was still calling him Captain Average, Average Anders. I'm like, oh, come on. He had everyone, great everyone on the podcast knows his name is Average. Okay. And we do miss him. Yes. Uh, but that's not why we're playing the way we're playing. We do miss him, ladies and gentlemen. You hear that, right? We got the applause there, Grumpy Old Man, saying we miss their average Anders. Uh, moving right along there. The Wicked 50 Cal says, I never thought I would ever see the Grumpy Old Man with lipstick, but here we are. I he will say that. Gorgeous. He's uh, thank, you, thank you so much. I never thought I would do it either, but it was because, you know, Kim was coming on the podcast and I wanted to pay tribute to her. Do you know why I do it? I 
Don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, you look good in it, the commercial. So, I mean, it makes you look good, I guess. I don't know. So, when I was like 16 years, it was 16 years old. I was 16 years old and I had seen like dark guy. And there was guys at the Coliseum and they painted their whole faces. And I went, and I love this team so much. I was like, I want to do that. And so I went up and I was like, yo, I was like, because I, I was 16, I couldn't, I couldn't drive yet. But I was like, mom, can we go to the party city? I want to, I want to paint face, paint my face. She went, hell no. Mm-hmm. She, so I, it was a compromise between my mom and I. I went, what if I did it more feminine? What if I did lipstick? She was like, she was so iffy about it. She goes, okay, fine. I'll let you do it. And that, there you go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's, it works for you. I mean, okay. that's the thing. It works for you. Now, now, Kim, I noticed you wear the hat. Now, let me ask you a question. Can I see the front of the hat? Let me just take a look, see what kind of what hat it is. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, here, see, I, I'm glad that I wear mine because if I wear my hat this way, you'd see it tilt because my head is crooked. How old I, is that hat, grumpy old man? Really freaking old, dude. I mean, say, Kim's immediately staring there at it, and she's saying, "Wow, that white looks like it's discolored there to a color yellow, like off yellow." Did they not have like the pure white dye back in the time period you bought purchased that hat? Uh, it used to be white. It no longer is, but oh. it's a wool. It's wool. So if you wash wool, you might as well just throw it away. Yeah, I also got like customization on the side. My buddy works at uh, Lids. If anyone like on the island wants this, uh, Smithhaven Mall, go to Lids. My buddy uh, Dennis there, he does like customization so you got the yes 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 on the side if anyone wants that you can go to smith haven mall and he'll do it for you man no comment on the yes 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 kim oh uh, well, you are you the grumpy old man doesn't like the yes 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 too i hate it oh uh, that's <laughs> why we do it <laughs> that's, that's a grumpy old man now we're okay. starting to understand some of the reasoning behind the Anders moves here yes uh, I, I, I don't say anyone shouldn't do it i just say i don't like it i'm not i don't judge but here's the thing Anything that you have to steal from a wrestler is not good. You should come. That was a Daniel Bryan chance. Yes. And it's like, okay, it's passe. That was a long time ago. Something else. I don't know. Like I said, I'm grumpy. I'm old. And I'm a man. I'm the grumpy old man. I'll play devil's advocate with you. It's something that brings the fans together. Something that we can do as a unit. And honestly, because it pisses some people off, you know, like old man yells at cloud. Like, that makes me want to do it more. <laughs> so, you grumpy. That's so you. people get so people get angry when you're doing it in the stands. No, like when it first started, when people start to first do the yes, yes, yes in the stands, they were older season ticket holders, and it's funny because my grandparents are in their like in their eighties, and they they don't care one bit. But like it started to piss like off old season ticket holders or something. So everyone was like, "Really?" So everyone started to do it more, and it just became a thing. <laughs> We used to just throw stuff on the ice, like at referees and stuff. So, you know. But here's the thing. It was a more uncivilized time back then. What can I say? I mean, uh, Florida throws rats. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, think about that. <laughs> Frank K. there saying, Wallstrom will be benched versus the Rangers is the prediction he has. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I don't. I don't. I uh, you know what? I, I can't see it happening. I can't see him benching him against the Rangers, but who knows? It is trots. I would. <laughs> I, I, to me, let the young guys learn now instead of burning years off their entry level contracts and not letting them play. Let them learn now. So, in, so when they're 23, 24 years old, they're already full time uh, contributors to the team. That, that, that drives me crazy. No upside to the old guys. There is upside to the young guys. 
Oh, goodness gracious. David C. also saying, D-Cut, they're saying, Palmieri's a penis, lazy and soft, sit his ass for a game or two. Again, not obviously happy there and thrilled about the production. You expect, right, if you give up a first and a fourth round pick for a team that needs some offensive production, you expect maybe a little bit of spark again. You know, the people in the crowd, I was originally willing to wait, give them a little bit of time there to get acclimated. I mean, shit, now they're 10 games in, 10 plus games. And now you've been with the part, you've been with the organization for two, three weeks. Uh, it's about time you start producing. I mean, like, you know, it's not, it's not a like, hey, we can wait until next year. Hey, you know, you don't have 200 games with your team and you don't have 200 games with the Islanders. We can keep waiting. It's time. What was my initial grade for that trade when it was first made when we were on the air? You want to know the crazy thing about this, Kim? This son of a gun, as soon as you heard the trade, F, F minus is what he says. 20 minutes later, he changes it there to a B. Then we come back, and I have to call him out on this flip-flop he had there on the podcast. He changes it back to an F. Then he changed it to an inconclusive, and now he's back to an F again. This son of a gun has changed his opinion on that trade left and right. I think it's just whichever way the Islanders fan base is going, Grump. Are you just going ahead and just sighing with the wins? Are you just no. Like I said, I just I should always stick with what I think first because I'm spot on. So and like I people were complaining, hey, flip-flop, you know, hey, come you flip-flopping on that. And I'm like, hey, dude, I just went through the five stages of grief in 20 minutes. Okay. It maybe take you <laughs> six months, but it only takes because I'm so superior, it only took me 20, 20 minutes to go through the whole process. I'm so superior, Grumpy says there. Scott also says, TJ, it's called player development, which the islanders do not have. I always loved Scott's. I always loved Scott's little uh, thingy above there. The yeah, that's called, that's called a profile picture there, Grump. Whatever it is, I like it. What can I tell you? I always look at the profile pictures, Cam. I can't help myself. I know. I look at them too. Did you see Frank's hair game? I loved it. Yeah, Frank, Frank's got the best hair on the podcast. Frank does. Yeah. Have hair. No, no, you do. You do. He's killing, he's killing, Frank. He's killing it. I want his hair. No, your hair is better than that. Don't try to. Frank, Frank understand. As usual, as usual, grumpy old man, you have fans out there saying they're disagreeing. They're, Lee was playing well, and for certain, he will. Joe F. Joe Fitzpatrick says, do you see Barzal staying here after his contract is up? That is the question, right? I think I mean, it can happen. Paul Bissonette went ahead and mentioned it. He said, if I'm Matt Barzal, this this was this offseason, actually. He said, there's no way in hell I'm signing with those effing Islanders and Barry Trotz. I want to play where I could score. I want to play exciting hockey. I can listen to Paul Bissonette too, so not my cup of tea. Paul Missonet. Isn't it Paul Missonet? Oh, Paul Missonet. Oh, I like it. Like well, but you know, he does make a valid point. And I've said this to TJ. If you're an offensive player and you know who your game is predicated on offense, and you're looking at free agent teams, would you consider the Islanders as a team to go to? when you know that you're going to have subjugate your game to a certain extent and play more defense as opposed to a team where you're like a Carolina, for instance, who plays an up-tempo game and is really good also uh, and produces more offense. I mean, I think that's a really valid question that they really need to address. And that's why I say maybe we need to kind of alter our style a little bit going forward, particularly if you want to attract free agents in the future. I, I'm just spitballing here, but you know. The problem with that is that's Barry Trotz to a T. So what you're saying is we should switch coaching. Because that's never gonna change under Trotz. I know hundred percent that I don't think that will ever change under Trotz this type of style in play. Well, 
You know, that's what I, I said on the last podcast. I said they really need to do some soul searching in the offseason. Barry Trotz isn't going anywhere. But maybe, no. maybe, maybe, maybe we could say, you know what? We're going to have to loosen the reins a little bit. We're going to have to we're going to have to incorporate more offense on this team. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it, honestly. As the years continue to elapse. Look at the NHL 10 years ago. Hell, even 15 years ago. The need for puck-carrying defensemen, the need for defensemen that can make outlet passes there, and the need for defensemen who can jump up in a four-check has exponentially grown. And I think that trend's just going to continue. We're going to see. We're seeing right here. We've seen it over the last ten years. The face and the and the style of the game changing. And I think we're only going to see that trend continuing. And again, you either adapt to the way the game changes, or you get left behind in the dust. I mean, like he might be the last bastion there of hope there, you know, for a rigid defensive style and system. But uh, you know, it it's one. You, you have to take a healthy dose. You have to integrate a little bit. But in the same token, he's never going to change what he is. I do agree with that there, Kim. That's what made coaches like uh, Joe Quinville now, Scotty Bowman back in the day, Al Arbor back in the day. They would tweak their system based on the play. They, they ran basically the same system, but they would tweak it based on the players that they had. And that's one thing that since he's been with the Islanders, and here's the thing, I don't think we have the talent for him to tweak it like he possibly did in Washington, for instance. They were able to be – they didn't play this style in Washington. Absolutely no. not. It was definitely more offensive. He had to teach them to be more defensive to finally get them over the hump. But I think the fact that we're lacking talent-wise kind of limits what he can do. And that's what they need to come to an understanding. Hey, when we go into the draft, maybe whenever we have another first-round pick in a couple of years, when we go back into the draft, maybe we want to draft guys who can actually play a little bit of offense. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer Joe's question, but Holster. Matt Barzell will be here at least for one more year. When his contract expires, he'll have one more year of restricted free agency. And if he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal, you move him so you don't have the same fiasco as when JT was here. Oh, goodness gracious. David, hey. he's got another question or another statement. It's a funny one. That's the only reason I keep showing D-Cut. D-Cut's getting some love today because he's he's cracking out the funny ones. All the Booster Club fans were kissing Lou's ring after the Paul Mary trade, and now they are ghosts. I think that's right. I mean, like, I, I honestly, though, I'll say I was definitely in the thought process that Kyle Palmieri, if he was going to be able to gel on the left wing on the first line, was going to be electrifying. Matt Barzal was going to be able to create the space. He was going to draw defenders to him. And I always think that Kyle Palmieri is a good wrist shot. And if he had that open space and opportunity where he could step into those shots, I really believe that he was going to produce offensive. I thought he was going to produce offensively, and it just hasn't been the case. He's never been given the shot there, really, to play on the first line left wing role. But I really thought that was going to show yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I'm a booster club member. I'm a booster club member. I love the booster club. Uh, I've done, you know, trips with them. They're like family to me. Um, here's the thing. It's like, I thought Palmieri, honestly, like when I did the trade, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it, you know, we were going to put Palmieri on first line, have him be that Anders Lee position. We were expecting more from this trade of lines and how it would work together. We We didn't get that. We did not get that as a unit. You know, like, how are we supposed to say any good things when we really haven't been able to see Paul Mary in the spot we've wanted him to see? We didn't want him as a depth character. We wanted him up there trying to score goals with Barzell. And I don't get why, like, people are like, uh, oh, you know, like, the, this is what happened, and now they're, like, ghosts. And that, why that's a bad thing? 
like uh, we were wrong or we changed our minds. Why is that a bad thing? People can be wrong. People get things wrong. People make mistakes. Like people see things differently after a time. We, you can't predict the future. I don't know why that's always considered like, oh, haha, you know, uh, like congratulations, like you called it. Like I don't know, but like, oh, I got to see the future. Like I don't know, like why it's a bad thing. Like I'm gonna come out and say it. Maybe I was a little bit wrong about the Palmieri trade. Who knows? I, I'm not afraid to say I'm wrong if I'm wrong. And maybe I was a little bit wrong about Palmieri being that step up that we need, but we haven't been able to see it. <laughs> the reason why I was doing this, TJ, because Grumsterdamus is able to see into the future, and I knew it wasn't a good deal. I didn't believe I didn't believe in making a trade just to make a trade with this particular team. And I know why they did it. Believe me, Lou and Barry are not stupid. Even though I say they are, they are not stupid. Okay. They know the shelf life of this team is finite. So they went all in. They were even, there was even a risk that they, they were thinking about going after Taylor Hall, but he had no interest in coming here. That's the problem is like, I think Lou knew at a point he was not getting Taylor Hall. He was like, it's Boston or nothing. And I think Lou knew that. So he's like, I got to find somewhere else. And look, Taylor Hall was not going to come here. But I think they doubled down and tried to get Taylor Hall after they got Palmieri. Because Hall was traded after Palmieri. And yeah. but Hall only wanted to go to Boston. He, he strong-armed uh, Buffalo into oh, that. Yeah, team. yeah. He did. and But, I mean, I think he was looking for both guys because – he realizes that the shelf life on this team is short. I mean, it's it's obvious to me, and it's obvious to yeah, Lou and Mary. I agree. I would say I feel on. One second, TJ. Now, Kim's part of the Booster Club. Now, I'm going to the Charlotte meetup thing, and I know these people are gung-ho Islander fans. Do you think Mikey is going to throw me under the bus, say I'm the grumpy old man, and they're going to come out and verbally attack me and accost me? If the people still go ahead and ride around with pitchforks and torches, grumpy old man, you're gonna get you're gonna get thrown out of there by your ears, grump. I don't, I, 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 was, I was being facetious. No. Oh my goodness. I honestly people who do that, I've had I've had people come up in my face. I hope you know this. Like I wear the lipsticks again. People will come up in my face and go, You're a waste of life. Like I remember one time I was actually scared he was gonna hit me. Um that's pathetic. I, I, here's the thing. I don't know who did it. And if you listen to this podcast, that's cool, but that's pathetic. I mean, so you like, I mean, hey, would anybody here? Do you think people would come up to me? And here's the thing. I guess maybe the way I carry them is no one would come up. They'd say, hey, cool. You're a cool old dude, bro. Yeah, that's you are. <laughs> people that say you're terrible, I'm like, ah, that's terrific. I, you know, I, we, we, let's get to some happier times. I don't want to hash up. I'm sorry if I, we had I just up. can't believe anyone. I can't believe anyone actually do that. I, I, I really no, yeah. oh, Well, I'm sorry. It's, I, I'm not looking for pity. Like I got it's just your like, back. I got your back. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not looking for like straight up pity. It's just like it's like I've I've seen people do it. It's it's honestly quite scary. Um, but honestly, it's just like I this Islanders fan base of uh, this Islanders fan base. No one in an Islanders jersey has ever done it to me. Absolutely. Like, honestly, this is why my Islanders family is my family. No one in an Islanders jersey has done it to me. So I respect I respect this fan base so much. And Islander fans are as a group, just fantastic. It's like, you're right. It's like family. It really is. And no matter where you go, that's why I was just kind of joking about them attacking me for my persona, but you never, ever see everyone is always friendly. Always yeah. would feel do anything for you. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. And not all fan bases are like that. They're really not. That's why I got so mad at the uh, ESD board meetings in New York City. Like when we were fighting for Belmont, the woman who was like, they're transients. I'm like, you don't know nothing about my family. No. I was like, I'm going to end this woman right here. <laughs> I think we have found the grumpy old man's uh, burner account. Holiday Matinee also says, Gets laugh seems about the right age for Lou to pick up in the offseason. You know, you know, we we joke around. Hey, maybe he's going ahead and, and hitting up the phone there, Scott Stevens. Uh, we have no idea what maybe he's looking at there. Um, but, uh, you know. I'll tell you what, Scotty Niedemeyer could probably skate just as well as half the Islanders on his team still at his age. Oh. Scott Niedemeyer was an absolutely spectacular skater. Spectacular. What is Scott Niedemeyer now, 50 years old? Peter Ryder, yeah. yeah. He's, he's up there. But. Have, you seen Leo, have you seen Leo Komarov skate? Have you seen Travis Ajax skate? He's producing for me on Fantasy. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, goodness. Uh, but, Tom White said, we look slow, really slow. Lost races to pucks, chased the opposition all over the ice. The Capitals were uncontested 95% of the time on their zone entries, and that's and that's three-on-three three rushes. We could hardly enter the Capitals zone three-on-two and not give up the puck. It was horrible. I mean, do you need any more explanation? I mean, he just explained it. Like, <laughs> how, good was Carl, how good was Carl Haglin tonight for them? Oh, he was um, – I mean, I didn't know he was so fast. I forget how fast he was. Yeah, I mean, and think about think about Carl Haglin, right? What's he, 31? What does he make? I'm interested. You know, now I, I'm actually going to have to check, which I never do. Go ahead, TJ. You can just continue, and I'll just look it up. Because, it, it, like I said, I'm looking, gosh, that's the type of guy. We signed Leo Komarov. How much could we got Carl Haglin for? Uh, Four-year, $11 million. So two point seven five a year. Hmm. Yep. Okay, well, Carl cheaper than Leo Komarov. Then. That's right, and he can actually play. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I'll tell you now. Yeah, he, the same player he was in the Rangers. Same type. Same thing, guy. Uh, Always had wheels. I'll tell you though. You know the sick. Of, I think everybody is coming to realization now on a few main factors. The shelf life's finite. And this, we have to be successful on this spurt. We can't, I mean, like, this is not a year where we can sputter out and lose in the first round of the playoffs. We can't. We can't. We will. We will. So, what happens when we do? What happens if you do is you're going to have more people kind of coming to the realization. We've traded away our first round draft pick on a consistent basis. Yeah, you would make an argument, you know, we gave away. The first round draft pick we use on Simon Holmstrom, too. I know that was what you'd hit on. And you look too at some of the other moves that, and again, I love Lou. He's brought legitimately back to the Islanders. And we'll say this again, but man, oh man, right? They're predicting that Devon Taves is going to be a finalist there for the Norris Trophy. He is in the top three in most people's short lists. And you're just thinking to yourself, could you imagine if the Islanders this offseason traded away who is going to be possibly the Norris Trophy winner for two? Hey. Second round picks. He's not winning the Norris Trophy. First of all, I third, second before there on lists. That's all. Wasn't I, it just like with all the sign, like with Barzi and everything, we just couldn't afford Devon Taves? No, no. Okay. Oh, why did she have to put push my hot button here at the one forty five minute mark? <laughs> no, we could have afforded him. 
they he had to know Johnny was going on long-term injury. Had to know it. That's the money you could have used for Devontae's. Or you could have put Andrew Ladd, remember him? Dumped him on long-term injury. It's not too far of a reach to realize that he's hurt all the time. Yeah. That's, how you, that's how you save that money. That's how you could have signed him. Why The first option shouldn't have been trading away a 26-year-old, only played a year and a half in the NHL defenseman with a ton of upside. Yeah. If you want to move somebody, move some of the other pieces of garbage on the roster. I mean, you wind up giving away first-round picks like they're candy, second-round picks like they're candy. Well, if you need to sweeten a pot to sign a young player who's been versed in your system, as a defenseman, a top four defenseman, and you give him away for nothing, it's just short. It was dumb and short-sighted. We had uh, Andy Green locked up. We had Matt Martin locked up. We had Corey Snyder locked up. That's all money that you didn't have to pay these guys to start off. That all money got, that goes into the pot, too. Oh, Kim. Oh, 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 no. Okay. I'll tell you this. I know people are going to say, well, TJ, this year's draft is going to be inconsistent. It's going to be a cruddy draft, blah, blah, blah. You know, I hear that a lot and I get it. Right. But acquiring draft capital and acquiring high picks, no matter what, you just think with the chances of odds, there's only so many times you could screw up a pick before you get one who's successful. I mean, hell, Gar Snow did it himself also. Grump, I like this because Tommy, Coach Tommy B says, Dr. Fauci, AKA Grumpy. With the flip flipping, talking about you flip flipping a flip floppity there on uh, Kyle Palmieri. <laughs> oh, cute! I, I, I thought it was cute, so I showed it there. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I kind of talked myself into hoping that he pan out to be something, but I never. You remember before the podcast, who was the one guy that I didn't want them to trade for? Who was the one guy? You didn't want him to trade for Kyle Palmieri. Thank you very much. And I guess I was proven right. I've never liked Kyle Palmieri. He, he plays for the loser devils. Why would you want to trade for a guy who plays for a loser team like that? He's never done. I mean, come on. Sorry. There have been guys like that before who've made successful impacts. I mean, yeah, come on. I, you know, I won't go with you that way. Taylor Hall, right? He's had a hell of an impact already for Boston. You look at the teams. He's only made the playoffs, what, once? He's a former yep. league MVP. Okay. He's, a former, he's a former league MVP. Has Kyle Palmieri ever been a league MVP? I don't think he's even been a team MVP. Oh, good. Even when he was playing peewees, I don't think he was team team MVP. Oh, Jesus, grumpy. I don't have any proof of that. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, I will say, it's been fun. I don't know. I don't want to keep you too late, Kim. I don't want to keep you too late, Grump. This is usually not a day we do this on. The time is late. You complain for me, grumpy old man, if I keep you too late. And, you know, school's in session, you know. I, you know, the bell doesn't release you. I do. I don't want to keep you guys too late. It's been fun as always. I mean, we're at about an hour and 50 minutes, Kim. I want you to give us, though, a few predictions. I want to hear your predictions, and I want to hear Grumps. What do you expect realistically here from the team the remainder of this year? Jeez. Um, it's kind of scary with, with how we're playing. Um, I'm scared to go up against the Rangers again. I don't know what to expect from this team. We could come out like we did last time against the Rangers, or we could absolutely, you know, play like we did tonight. Um, if, God, if the Islanders somehow come out strong at the end of these last games, which I don't think is going to happen, um, but at least semi-strong, like, maybe we... I, I, I just... 
with these other teams, we just have not been able to find a way against them. I really am scared we are just going to be a first-round exit. I think we will make playoffs. I think I think we may just be another first-round exit this year from what I've been seeing. And I, I wouldn't have said that, I'd say, like two weeks ago. I would not have said that. But how we've been playing against the Caps, how we've been played against the Penguins, and just recently how we played against Boston. This is We can't defeat any of them. Any of them. Penguins all season. The Caps just recently just got destroyed by them. And if that's a four-game series, hell, we're already down three. And then against Boston, you know, Boston recently, we just got demolished by them. They got a new spark in them. They got Taylor Hall. They're loving it, and they're playing it out. And if that's one of the four teams we're going to be playing, I don't see us going far. Grump, I want to get your I want to get your opinion too. I want you to weigh in. We will make the playoffs. Uh I predict a first round exit. I don't I don't see any way we advance. I will pick us when it when we make the playoffs. Of course I will pick us to win, but you know, that's with my heart. With my head, we don't it's obvious we don't match up with Washington beat us 6 out of 8 this year. Uh Pittsburgh how many did we lose to them? Was it five and three? Five. I think we lost five to okay. five, Boston started off. We start five and zero. Oh. We're going to end up three and five, five and three against them because they will beat us last day of the year. The problem that we have is all these other teams are getting good at the end of the season. They've been they've improved as the season gone has gone on. That's not something that our team is capable of, honestly, because. We are what we are. Like we're like the little engine that could chug along, chug along, chug along, chug along. If you have to reach for that extra gear, it's just not there. I mean, Boston Hall was a big pickup. Now they have two full lines. Krejci was a, a ghost this year until Hall comes on that line. Pasternak hasn't even played well yet. Marshawn's playing like an MVP for them. You got uh, Swayman. To help out Rask back there. Halak isn't even, he's an afterthought for them right now. And, you know, I've said a lot, like how he kind of reminds me of uh, Ken Dryden. And I'm not saying in playing style, when Ken Dryden came in in 1971, Montreal was like at the, not the bottom of the league, but they just qualified for the playoffs. And he led them to a Stanley Cup beating Chicago. And the next year, he won Rookie of the Year. This kid has been phenomenal in goal for them. He really has. He's given them a spark. Pittsburgh has just taken off. And Malcolm is just coming back healthy now. I mean, and then you got Washington, who just they're just better than we are. It just, it just, it's just a recipe for disaster. I'm sorry. I'm I hate to be a Debbie Downer here at the end, but hey, it's what it is. I like what he said about thinking with the head and then thinking with the heart. And because that's exactly how I feel. It's like with my, all of my heart. I want to see this team go so far. I want to see it. I've my whole life this team has been nothing. This team has been the laughing, the joking, the, you know, the joke of the NHL. Growing up, the Ranger fans laughing in your face, you know, oh, the Islander suck, Islander suck. I grew up with this. I, you know, grew up in the Coliseum. I grew up with this team, and I want to see it finally happen. And this was the only spark of hope I've had in my 21 years of life. But with my head, you have to see that it's just it's not going to happen. I, yeah, I mean, what it is, Kim. I still remember where I was when Bobby Nystrom scored that. I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about what I do every single time I think about it. When Bobby, it was a Saturday afternoon, and Bobby Nystrom scored that game-winning goal in overtime, and I was wearing my my Iron On Islander shirt, and I went to work right after that. 
and it was it was just a great great day. It was fantastic. After the years where we lost to the Rangers in '79, and they went to the Cup finals on John Davidson, and the worst one for me was losing to Toronto in '78. That that was we were so good that year, yeah. and losing to them in the quarterfinals. Lanny McDonald, ugh, I hate him to this day. Uh, but I mean, just after those years of failure, and that's what it takes. Uh, sometimes you got to go through those struggles to get over the mountaintop. And I just don't think with this team, we're, I don't think it's going to happen with this team. I think we're going to need to add new pieces and move some of the old guys out. I've got a different opinion than both you guys. I don't think we're going to have a first round exit as miserable as things look right now. And I know they look dreary. And this is not me being a yes man, lose sycophant or Islanders sycophant. Trump, I don't know if you're breaking out the Lou lemonade. Um, that being said, we have our next upcoming six games are against. I'm going to say they are very, very, they're attainable wins. They are attainable places where we can start gaining momentum. Again, it's not like we're playing, you know, the upper tier teams of the, of the, of the conference there, the division at that time period. You play the Rangers twice, you play the Sabres twice, and you play the Devils twice. That's a six game stretch where we need to build momentum. If we go into that series and we split, or even if we split, we're done. No doubt about it. If we come out of that series with five wins, I think we're a completely different outlook. I really do. You know, it just takes a little bit to get. We are a team full of streaky players. We are. We always have been. All it takes is a few of those players to get lit up at the right time. I told you before, Grump. Villiers, Pajot, and Wallstrom, when firing on all cylinders, is the best third line in hockey. It is. And, you know, some people are going to say, why are we celebrating the best third line in hockey? I, you know, that's besides the point. If we can start getting some of these streaky guys going during this time period of six games, that is the cupcake portion of the remainder of our schedule. I think it bodes well for us to at least win a first round series. Again, it all depends on who we play, but I don't expect, I don't expect struggles over these next six games. If we struggle over these next six games, throw in the tents, ladies and gentlemen. It's throwing the towel, not the tents. It's fold up the tents, throwing the towel. The towel yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I hope I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But you Here's know what I think, Kim. I think TJ's hoping that the Islanders are listening tonight and going to offer him a job because he's a Pollyanna fan. That's what I think. It's not happening. I'm You've been shackled with the grumpy old man. You're never going to be in their good graces. <laughs> here's here's the thing. here's the thing. If they're able to gain some momentum over this game stretch, I'm telling you, every single one of these fans who make predictions of a first-round exit are going to be eating their damn words. And I'm going to tell you one thing, too. Barry Trotz is an excellent coach. As much as we say he's very, very rigid and he's got yeah. that structure, he will make sure the team is ready to come. And the playoffs are a different animal. When you're in the regular season, I can tell you he's an ex. Everything kind of meshes together, uh, whatever. As you get into the playoffs, you kick it into that extra gear, as all other teams do. And when teams start to go ahead and push a little harder because the Islanders system frustrates the hell out of them, that's when we have to get back to that counter-strike style. We're able to put up a goal or two. We've got to build some momentum over the next six games. If you don't, we're done. I don't care who we play in the first round. If over the next six games we're able to build some momentum, I think you might be singing a different tune. Okay. So you're on record that they're going to win a playoff round. So I'm willing to put money on that they won't right now, right this second. Oh, let's let's make it a friendly bet there, so the fans can enjoy something of the podcast in the live stream. So the fans can enjoy something. What what are we going to go ahead and wager, Grumpy Old Man? 
What are we going to wager? Seriously, Grump, what are we going to wager? I don't know. How about this, ladies and gentlemen who listen? We've got the comment section open. I want to know what you guys suggest should be the punishment or the retribution uh, if somebody happens to be right or wrong there. Grump says, no way we're winning any round. I still, I don't feel bullish on us winning round, but I'm saying it's possible. I feel like one of them should be like, TJ, where's the lipstick? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is even better, Kim. We're gonna. I'm gonna retell the story without any interruption for TJ, where he said that Anders it's Lee was a better player than Patrick Kane. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Come on now, Grump. You know it is. I didn't say that, and you're mischaracterizing my statement. Don't do that. Come on. That's that's the bet right there. Because I know I'm winning. So we're gonna out comment like putting your money where your mouth is and not have an idea. Maybe we'll have to wait. Maybe we'll have to wait until we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and open up and we'll make sure we post about it on social media, uh, depending on how the honors do. Maybe we'll wait until the playoffs and we'll explain the situation again and we'll start gathering ideas because I'm excited. Grump. I don't know what it is. The only thing I'm not going to do, I said I'd shave my head if the honors won the Stanley Cup. That I mean, like I'm not going to shave my head if we if we don't if we have a first round exit. I'm not going to do something crazy like that. But, because that could be before you get married, couldn't it? Yes, it would. So again, we I won't do that. Now Cross that being said, I I am up I'm up pretty much to do anything. So not do that though. But you know, if they win the Stanley Cup, it will be after that after the after the wedding, and I'll shave my head. I don't care. Uh, that well, you're halfway there now, so don't worry. Oh, congrats by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, grumpy old man. I'll tell you. Oh, there we go. Phil's already saying. Uh, he meant to say grump is to wear a Josh Bailey shirt if the Islanders win around. Hey, if somebody gives me, I'm not afraid to wear anybody's shirt. My brother did that. He said, if Josh Bailey scores this game, I'll buy a Bailey jersey. Bailey scored. He he bought the jersey. <laughs> man, oh man, talk about talk about luck. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hundred to one shot coming in. TJ shaving uh -oh. his head that long. Oh goodness <laughs> gracious! And I'm, I'm saying, people are saying, hey, you got to wear a Bailey shirt for the rest of the season. Every podcast, I, I'm just saying things have things have been up. We will be taking we'll be taking ideas from people because Grump, if you're so bold, I, I'm just saying it's a possibility. I think you're making a rash statement. I really do. Confidence is a weird thing in sports. Listen just, to me. When you kick I it. Uh, hold on, hold on. No. Kick it into the playoffs. Everything changes. It really Listen does. I would be overjoyed to wear a Josh Bailey shirt. For every podcast, if, I mean, I would. I, you think I care? That doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me. I'm will, obviously I'm willing to do just about anything. Oh goodness, girl. Well, that's to leave it out there to the masses, the people there to come up with. You think the most the most painful thing that could happen and be inflicted there on Grump, and whatever you think the most painful thing that can be inflicted upon me. Um, and we'll make sure that we put it up as a friendly wager between Grump and myself. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and again, I've appreciated you, Kim, there for being on the podcast here tonight. I know it's uh, it's been two hours, I'm sure, a little long. I mean, you you just jumped from a live stream you did there earlier on there at uh, you know on your channel there. And I want you to plug again your social media as well as there your YouTube channel and everything like that, so people can find a place to find you that have enjoyed their listening to you tonight. Well, again, I gotta thank both you guys for even reaching out to me and asking me to be on because uh, obviously, you know, like the fam's a big fan of this podcast. So we were really excited. My brother was really excited uh, that you guys reached out and I, I was really excited that you did. So thank you so much. This meant a lot to me. Um, and if anyone 
uh, wants to listen to me. <laughs> the the name right here, the little Isles Girl 3 thing right here, that's how you find me, my Twitter and my YouTube. Um, I make little videos like here and there on YouTube and I'll stream games of my live reactions. Um, I do the pod, like uh, not as good as these guys, but I try. Uh, <laughs> and um, I'm just a passionate Islanders fan. If you ever see me in my lipstick at the Coliseum, say hi. It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have no social media presence, uh, you know, but, and actually, Kim, you don't know this actually in person. I'm really nice. I bet you don't believe it, but it's true. I'm quite, the I won't tell anybody. All right. Please <laughs> oh, goodness. gracious, man. Well, I want to thank you also too, Grump for being on the podcast here. And I, I do appreciate it. No problem. And I want to say, uh, love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ, the grumpy old man and our new friend, Kim Isles girl three. Thank you guys. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks everybody who listened and watched the live stream in the podcast. Um, we do one really more thing. One more thing. We got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday night. TJ, where do we need to go to see that? If you go ahead and follow the link there in description, it I should don't be see any Jane. link. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't you don't know what that is, but people who are on the internet and people who do have social media do know what that means. If you look at the description, you will be able to see the link there to that channel. Yeah, we'll go live there on Thursday. Um, changing it up. That's going to be a little change of pace there. It's going to be the same funny antics between myself and the grumpy old man, just talking about all different sports, plenty of hot takes still, uh, I'm sure as always, but I do want to thank everybody who did listen and tune in there to the live stream and in the podcast here. Uh, but grump, I'll let you hit it with your last little saying before we go ahead and wrap things up. I already did say my last little saying, and I do have a 12 shirt. It's just like in, uh, Patriots, uh, going. It's going to have to be Islanders, Grump. I've, see, I've oh. seen funny comments already. We'll make sure we have to reach out there to the community. But thank you guys here for being a part of the podcast tonight. My pleasure. Thank you.